Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s back before they all sold out. See it all together if you're with me now. Nerds ruin everything. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, we're still not going to talk about the creator because we still haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got this lots point, of other stuff to talk about. <laughs> at this point, it's going to be streaming by the time yeah. we get around to seeing this movie. Um, oh, I have something I want to hit you with. Oh, okay. Uh, so... What do you think would make the Walking Dead franchise interesting again? Um, you brought back Frank Darbont. I mean, I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the only way. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I know this sounds terrible, and I love Greg Nicotero, and I love Howard Berger. And I love KMB effects, and I, I wish them nothing but the best and because they've gotten this, like, huge success out of this, right? Like, those two guys, like, the, the windfall of Frank Darbont, even though he brought them on, like, they wonderfully have had this, like, you know, fifth, sixth, like, like level of a career where they're able to do whatever they want as long as it's within the zombie genre, which is pretty elastic at this point but yeah no i don't know okay so you 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 asked me that there must be something that you heard or saw that went huh i might actually go back to the walking dead so with that what's going on okay (laughs) where where did you lose me and then we'll go again uh, you were you were saying you asked me and then it said connection lost so I don't know what happened there. Okay, all I did was I, I asked, I was like, um, I'll start over again. Um, I'll start from that point. And I was just countering with, um, okay, well, let's just do this. So Logan, obviously, <laughs> with my Frank Darbon rant, it wasn't that. Um, but you actually have some, you have something there that maybe you know that I don't because I don't watch, I don't subscribe to the walking dead news um with all that being said so there's something interesting that's happened i i take uh, i mean interesting kind of <laughs> okay it, it turns out that if you just make the last of us and call it the walking dead <laughs> that it's kind of an interesting show again <laughs> that's pretty funny no. Um, it helps when you have, uh, Daryl Dixon as just the only character. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so you did. Okay. Okay. So, so can I ask you something like, honestly, because you had this very contentious relationship with this show and it's, yeah. and it's multiple <laughs> and it's multiple iterations. I mean, we've talked about it offline. I mean, this is not just so that people like, People that don't listen to the other podcasts, which is kind of weird if they are only listening to this one, but it, there's like this whole thing of like, like you've had years long kind of like this touch and go relationship with this. So the Daryl, like, obviously you're watching Daryl Dixon 
my question before anything, like even before, if it's good, why? <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know, I, 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 I watched the uh, Dead City uh, six huh. episodes, but very passively. Like I would put it on, and that's kind of how I watched the last few seasons of The Walking Dead. Even though I think the last year or so of The Walking Dead actually was pretty good. Um, but I'd started watching it very passively, like put it on, see what the 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 crux of the episode was going to be. Basically tune out, clean my house, whatever, for 35 minutes. And then watch the last six minutes to see where they were going in the next episode. And mm. uh, Dead City was not great, even though it featured, um, uh, what's her name? Lauren Cohen, is that her name? Uh, yeah. Gwen's wife, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Who I really, really like. And um, uh, Negan, uh, you know, he's. I guess uh. he's just, just Negan now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's turned he's not, he's turned away from from uh you know <laughs> I want to call him low rent George Clooney or George yeah. Clooney uh, drawn by memory because that's like I mean he's in one of my favorite B movie action movies uh, of the last twenty years which is The Losers I, I fucking love that movie yes. and um I mean I just remember them calling him like the next George Clooney because I mean he had that kind of thing God. Damn it, I don't even know what it's gonna bother me that I don't know what his name is. But yes, um, so their show, which is essentially copying uh like City of the Dead, is essentially fucking um George Romero's Land of the Dead, his his like second to last dead movie with a city that's from what I understand, the plot is that there's a, an actual city that's still living, right? Like they, they, yeah. they're it's guarded off and quarantined and stuff, and they're they're making lives there and stuff. I mean, I don't even want to know how, like, like those two characters got together after Negan beat the sh- like bashed in. It, it's uh, so irreversible's like head. I mean, mm. it, it's so like yeah, it, it's so troublesome. That, like, even the the plot of that one, it's, like, don't care. It has to do with uh, Maggie and Glenn's uh, kid Mm -hmm. and this relationship that that the kid has kind of formed with Negan. um, Mm, Okay. You know, more or less. But um, Uh even then, it's just, like, you just, like, how has Maggie not killed this asshole? Um, but, uh, but yeah, Daryl Dixon is, our Jeffrey Dean Morgan, by the way, is his name (laughs) before it drives us insane. Um, (laughs) but yeah, uh, mostly Daryl Dixon just survives off Norman Reedus being Norman Reedus and how we're, we're all just kind of down for that and he was one of the three things in the walking dead franchise even worth paying attention to anymore um it the plot does involve him waking up overseas which is like the fact that they were all like driving cars and motorcycles and whatnot you know a decade after the apocalypse is already like 
Um, no, I've I've lived through gas scares and we've run out of fuel. Yeah, fairly, you know, I mean, I know we have reserves, but like these people are not driving cars ten years after the zombie apocalypse. You know, and it also, just and it also, just ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, and also they're not living in fucking Alaska where all of our gas reserves are, anyways. And it's not even gas reserve; it's oil reserve. So you oh, still right, have to you refine, still have to it. refine it. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that that's the one thing about this franchise that always was like, I I accept so much, but the fact that they're still driving cars, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> like this shit wouldn't last three weeks. <laughs> so, um, how how he gets overseas, it, it it's so dumb and. The best thing they do is not try to explain it. Literally, he's just like, um, yeah, I was looking for something. Uh, I got taken. I got hit in the head. I got dumped on a boat, and then I woke up here. Like, so you just floated across the ocean or something. It, it's so stupid, but they gloss over it so quickly. And it very, <laughs> very, even more quickly becomes obvious that it's like, oh, shit. I saw this show at the beginning of last year. It was called The Last of Us. <laughs> Shit. Well, uh, and so like my fa- my favorite part is this is how do you rope Norman Reedus into another it, it, to to continue with The Walking Dead? It, it's not shooting, shooting okay. overseas. One hundred percent shooting overseas. It's <laughs> yeah, shooting in Europe and letting him go to the cons because we know he loves the cons because he gets like, like he's talked about it before. Like everybody, like because of him, he is the reason why most stars are now going to conventions and doing signature uh, sessions because I think it was season three where I saw some behind the scenes footage and this dude comes in like a gangsta and at the end of it, they show him, and he looks like he has a lot of fucking little Wayne money. Like it stacks yeah. upon stacks. And they were saying he was saying something like he could go to a con and over a weekend make like close to a hundred thousand dollars cash. Like yeah. that is and, incredible. And get to act and be treated like an absolute rock star. And which like he does and he is. And imagine now it's the like the first this first season is a European tour for him. Now he gets to go to the European cons and gets yep. to act like that. Like because, you know, I mean, from everything we heard, Norman Reed is like, you know, he's not like it's weird because like I always feel like he's a he's very on brand with everything he does, right? Like if it doesn't involve motorcycles, um, you know, killing zombies or killing something supernatural he's not in it because that's his brand right motorcycles and killing things um nothing and then also of course like his just his like it's weird because it's like it's not just that but it's like his whole je ne sais quoi of it all like the weird choices he makes in the show which like i stayed on it's so weird because like i'm not i'm not a fanboy i'm not a stand for him but i respect him because like watching him go from like boondock saints and blade 2 to where he is now which 
I'll make a case that Norman Reedus within his world is a superstar, like a huge superstar, right? Like, like on the level of like, like somebody like even bigger than somebody like Timothy Chalamet, because he's, he's, he's Bill Shatner. If Bill Shatner were like, actually fucking cool. Yeah, and a Harley. Yeah, is Bill Shatner? Bill Shatner were James Dean. Oh fuck, that's 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 it. That is it. It's okay. And I know this motherfucker is troubling, and I like you know I don't have any love for this guy anymore. He is what we wanted James Franco to be, but James Franco never was. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and Franco turned out to just be a douchebag who would like abuse that power more or less. Whereas yeah. it seems, I mean, we're, we're, uh, let's see, how many years into him playing Daryl Dixon at this point? I uh, think walking, walking Dead was, oh, it's over 10. 2010 was the first 20, season of Walking Dead. So, so we're 14 13 years, 14 years into him playing this character. And, like, I mean, all the con appearances, there's been no, like, nothing come yeah. out about, about him. any kind of inappropriate stuff. Nothing. No. I mean, it, it does, I mean, it does help that, like, you know, I, it, it's weird because it's like, you, like, at the core, he's still, like, this this midwestern dude right like with serious values like everything i've heard is like at his core it's weird because i think he's from florida (laughs) really yeah i think he's from florida uh um but but hold on i'll look it up but everything you've heard about him he's extremely shy he's kind of like he's like made this weird like you know sort of like um uh yeah hollywood florida um but i mean he started off as a model so i also think that like him starting off as a model like a calvin klein model so you kind of understood you went through the meat grinder and you've been through the meat factory and i think that kind of like and the way he was treated if you really think about like his early era like the early area uh, the early era of norman reedus's career he was kind of treated either like like as a thing that they have to deal with because of the boondock saints or like, like as like this greasy, like side character that nobody wants to deal with, never realizing that this guy is extreme. Like he's got a, he's not like an actor's actor, but man, he's got gravitas, right? He's got like, he, he perfected his craft through the walking dead, which is an amazing thing. If you really think about it, he, he continued to work on like who this character is. And over time, he like, like you said, like I think Bill Shatner, Shatner is a great comp because nobody knows Kirk, James T. Kirk, the way that Bill Shatner does. Nobody knows Daryl Dixon better than Norman Reedus, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like I feel like I feel like all of it kind of combines to make this weird, like this really weird superstar i mean and, and it's like you know i think the inappropriate it does help that his wife is fucking diane kruger like one of the yeah. most gorgeous women in the fucking world um i mean i also find it really weird and kind of humorous but kind of sad that 
that Norman Reedus, Daryl Dixon stole <laughs> stole Helena Troy from Pacey from fucking Dawson's Creek. Yeah, like that to me is like like hilarious. But I mean, you know, <laughs> like that's like undercover stupid shit. Doesn't matter. But like back to like Norman Reedus, like you're right. He, there's no inappropriateness. There's never been anything that's come out about him like being an asshole or anything. He's been nothing but, if anything, either a very shy, elusive person. Or, which which like, kind of makes him the opposite of Bill Shatner in that aspect. But, no, it, it you know, he, and he's just, I mean, at some point he will get like, just like, guys, I'm kind of just done with this character in this franchise. And like, not in a shitty Shatner way, but just yeah. in a like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to move on. Um, but 13 years in, like, that's that's crazy, and he's still just like, okay, yeah, let's go again, yeah, uh-huh. let's go again, yeah. like, well, you know, and, and he's, you know, for at least a foreseeable future, just committed to still doing this. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, so like, we already know <laughs> and, Andy Lincoln was out after like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, I think like to be perfectly honest, like, don't we think that? Lincoln is out, was out because of the memification of his character. Like he I mean, just got yeah. tired of it. He just got tired of people fucking making fun of him because I mean, let's be honest, an English actor, like I remember Andrew Lincoln from Strike Back, like the the Cinemax, the Skinemax action show, the spicy yeah. action show that had action and sex in it, like um and I just remember like my God, this guy has the worst accent in the world. Like he has the worst Southern accent in the world when I was watching The Walking Dead. And it continued and it got worse and worse and worse. And then people started making fun of it. And I think that that's when he was like, I'm done, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm done. That and the, the Georgia heat. He was just, and, and yeah. it's so funny. He was like, I'm, you know, I, I, I love this show, but I want to pursue other things. And he literally has not done a single thing since he left yeah. The Walking Dead. Not a single thing. Now, if it's like, oh, what I get to spend all this time with my family that I've not had or or whatever because he's been filming in Georgia for 10 years, then I, yeah. I get that. But, like, you know, your career – not that it stalled. I'm sure the, the dude could get work. It was also – you know, we also had COVID and all that stuff. But – uh you know, yeah, he hasn't done anything since he left The Walking Dead. Um, meanwhile, several of them have gone on to do, you know, a couple of pretty big things. Um, yeah. But uh, all that to really just say the Daryl Dixon show is decent. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. a new setting. It's unlike Dead City. It's uh, it feels very much like a soft reboot of the franchise as a whole, um, which maybe it needs. Uh, I know Fear of the Walking Dead is is on its last uh, six or eight episodes coming up, which is mm-hmm. fine because that, that show got so not great. Um, and then, of course, the, the, their, the movies, quote, that they were going to make for theaters are now direct to streaming movies with Andy Lincoln and uh, what's her name? Uh, that's his uh, pseudo wife. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, who like who's like actually has her own mega career, uh, like you know, in Marvel. Whenever they get yep. around to uh, to to doing the either the movie, well, uh, the of the Jesus, what are they called? Um, the Black Panther Guard. Uh, yeah, the Dora Milaje. Uh, yeah, the Dora Milaje, the Dora Milaje. Oh, like which honestly, I feel like should be a movie and not a fucking not a TV series because we've already seen. With the exception of something that we're going to be talking about today, the TV series has been just shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, like we're going to have a conversation about that later on because, like, yeah, nothing like having a, a piece of fine bread Kobe steak to realize that you've been eating shit for a bit. Um, I was going to ask something uh, because, like, you have you heard that Carol is actually going to eventually be on the show now? Like, I guess event like Melissa McBride, who yeah. is just a part of the equation for, like, I feel like her Carol character. Um, she I was part of what really grounded Daryl for a Darryl, long yeah. time. Um, so I, I think initially it was going to be the two of them, but she kind of was like, I, I don't want to film overseas. And that, I do 100% believe that, that was the only thing that kept Norman Reedus, like, really, really in was, like, the chance to go film somewhere else. Um, yeah. And she, I, I think she just didn't want to be away from her family, uh, which is totally cool. So, um, I, I want to say she talked somewhere about, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not out. I'm just not in the show. Like yeah. Carol's not out of his life, and you know we're we're probably gonna come back around to that. So, which might explain the like, oh, I got hit on the head and put in a boat, and I woke up here kind of thing, because um, they were like, oh, well, what we had planned, now we can't do. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, which, but like, that that relationship I feel like is what made Norman Reedus like the superstar. I like, yeah. like, I think that the women, like the softing of his character with her, which really wasn't softing of him. Like it just it wasn't a romance. It was it not at all a romance. And what? it wasn't like this, like weird. I mean, it was kind of motherly, but not in a like, like creepy weird way or in a overly like treat him like a child way. It was just this, I mean, honestly, it's one of the only things in the last seven years on that show, which is a long fucking time, that was still actually compelling, their relationship. And watching these writers write a male-female relationship that was not anything you know romantic or like i said over overly motherly son creepy mm-hmm. we are just these two being friends these bonds that that they had formed you know through trauma and all like it was a really really interesting relationship and no it was i mean not getting to see it really get any kind of closure, um, you know, A, it means hopefully there's more to come, and B, also, it's, it's kind of like, well, I hope the franchise, like, if anything, 
this franchise needs to end with those two riding off in the sunset, either together, apart, whatever that means. Like they've kind of earned their their happy ending. So um, hopefully that happens with this show. I, I can't imagine this show goes more than a couple of years, though. No, no, absolutely. I I I don't think that it will. Um, but you never know, right? Like you honestly never know how this is going to go. I mean, Norman Reedus could have like the time of his life, and it goes five years, right? Yeah. Like, like, like that's the fucking crazy part about this is is that it it could it could go that long, right? But it does it it probably won't. But at the same time, um, you know, um, you don't you don't really know what is going to happen here, and like you know. Like, I want to speak to something that I find eternally fascinating about that relationship is, is this, is that people have, like, and this is the, like, this is the way you write characters. Like, you know, you don't try to make a romance. You let the fandom infer the romance, right? Because they work so well together. It's like, it's like there's this thing where people want to automatically want to like do that for themselves inferring it it just it it lessens the relationship and like the one thing that i've noticed in like i've tracked over the years with this uh with this franchise is that like they lean into the soap opera stuff which sometimes works but sometimes and most of the time it really doesn't like if you really think about it it's like it it creates yeah Yeah. it, it creates these situations where you're just like oh okay um, but this one is one of the ones, and I, how much do you want to bet, like, both of them had a big piece in it, because Norman Reedus is so cagey about things, and he could instantly, like, they want to keep him happy, right? So, it becomes this thing where you're forced to not lean into what fans want, but what le- lean into what the actor wants. But this is a case where I feel like, if that's the case between the two, and that's, like, the relationship that they've built then it's a hundred percent like, you know, it's a good thing that the writers didn't listen to their more commercial instincts because this is what, like, I hate when fandom tries to do things that, and like, you know, and, and we can see recently with fandom, how much they, they have control over things. Um, I'm always of the theory of like, fandom doesn't know what's good for them. They just know what they want. And giving fandom like what they want is not necessarily the best thing nope. for for fandom. Like, if you have a skilled writer, like, okay, so like, there's something that I'm watching right now that I can't talk about uh, because I'm under embargo, and it's a like, it's literally a month and a half away. But they didn't listen to what because they learned the lessons from the movies that they're that they made. And they're making a TV show that is absolutely 150% not what fandom would have ever wanted. But I can tell you what's been produced is fucking amazing. It's great. It's really intelligent, smart, um, big budget filmmaking um, on the small screen. And I'll tell you about it later. I I think I've actually talked to you about about the show. (laughs) I just hadn't gotten into it. and we'll talk about it once it once it debuts. But I mean, I'm going to say this is that they are writing from what is good 
for the property and not good for fandom. And I'm tired yeah. of what's good for fandom. I want it to be what's good for the property. Yeah, I just want it to be. Just give me something good. Like don't exactly. Don't, you know, Star Star Wars is falling into this writing to fans for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel fell into it. Um, yes. I don't know that the Walking Dead franchise fell into writing for fans. It just more fell into like uh, this. It was just a stagnation, like where they had to draw everything out. Um, and nothing ever really happened. Um, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it, it sucks. It just absolutely sucks when you're pandering to the vocal, most vocal part of your audience. Um, because I mean, honestly, like, I just want it to be good. Like there's parts of me that are like, well, I wish they would do this or I wish they would do that. And I like, I want to quote, write the show. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you just give me something good, even if I shrug my shoulders and go, well, I really, you know, I'm not super I think Deadpool 2 is a good example for me because Cable is my favorite character in all of comics. Yes. And they gave us a version of Cable that is not, exactly comics accurate like he looks accurate he's from the future and but but like they they just shuttled all of like who he actually is like all of that comp they're they're just like nope not dealing with that push it away he's from the future Mm -hmm. this 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 happens this is why he comes back and I'm like, okay, well, that that's not my cable from the comics, but that's really good. Like what you changed is really good and I'm like I'm happy to just roll with it cuz you gave me something good instead yeah. of half-assing something that's like, well, you know, you know the nerds will never accept this. So, we have to add in all of this complicated bullshit mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm completely with you, um, which, which actually that might be a good segue into the other premiere that I watched, which I'm honestly shocked after watching it that I, either you haven't had time for it or maybe you watched it and was like, eh, no, it's not for me. Um, I watched the first episode of Gen V. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't had the space to see it. Because yeah, I, I really think you're gonna like this show, Adam. <laughs> uh, I uh, well, the trailers were like, I was like, oh shit, X-rated X-Men? Are you fucking kidding me? It's not hundred percent that. <laughs> yeah, like it's not even X-Men. It looks like like um, it looks like, like the, or our Teen Titans. Yeah. Like Teen very Titans. much that aspect. Yeah. Um, I I was not. I don't think I wa- I think I watched the first teaser trailer. And I didn't watch mm-hmm. anything else. I was not really prepared for the absolute. Yeah, X-rated is a good way to put it. Um, yeah. So that I don't want to say it was off-putting, like in a prudish way. I was just like, oh, I did not know that's what we were doing with the show. But of course, it's about a bunch of teenagers. So yes, uh, teenagers with, you know insane powers of course they're going to be horny and you know just 
fucking things up. So yeah, um, it, it's Can- very well acted. <laughs> okay, so like I was gonna ask about that um, specifically um, because you know we know <laughs> so. We know, okay, like, we all know about the the whole, like, you know, keeping it a family business bullshit, but I'm very curious about Patrick Schwarzenegger in this show, um, because he's in it, and he's, like, one of these characters, and, like, does he have at least some sort of closeness to the gravitas his dad brings or is it something completely different i I was very curious about this um it's it's a different uh so he plays this character called golden boy Uh um it's not anything this is not a character i could ever see arnold playing like there there it's a lot of mixed emotions but it's also a very like uh broish character as well. Ah, uh, okay. And okay. so like he d- he doesn't have that kind of like affable charm, but it's mostly because it's not something the character would have. Like it it's okay. he's, he's it's very, very much a like, like yeah. Like habit. Yeah. Okay. That that makes and, sense. And you're like, like I do I like this guy. I don't like this guy. Like, you know, but then uh-huh. something happens uh, at the end that kind of recontextualize at the end of the first episode. That was all I watched. Mm-hmm. Recontextualizes okay. like who the character is. Uh, so you have to like rethink like, oh, shit, like it's way more complicated than I thought it was. Um, I, I, this is a weird comparison. He's Bender from the Breakfast Club-esque. Where you're like, fuck no, this I guy. Don't. And then kind of, and you're like, wait, maybe not. <laughs> like, I, you know, he's still a douche, but like there's something else. Like akin to Bender giving his speech, you know, it was a banner year in the old Bender house. Guess what the I got house, for Christmas? Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> that kind of thing where you're like, oh, okay, there's something else there that mm-hmm. that that is... You know, he's he's putting on this mask of like, you know, uh, douchey jock, you know, dude to kind of hide all this other stuff. So I'm I'm really interested to see what they do with that going forward. He's kind of the most interesting thing about this show so far in the first episode. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, the. The guy that was, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, he was in the Sabrina show on Netflix, though. He's he's okay, but uh-huh. yeah, he, uh, uh, Chance, uh, I don't, I can't think of his freaking name. Chance something. Um, uh, I know. Perdomo. Um, yeah. Okay. He he's kind of interesting, but uh, I. He just doesn't have the same uh, pull to him. Uh, yeah, the gravitas. That, uh, yeah. So I, I really think you'll dig the show. Okay. I don't know how in, like, 
the golden boy stuff is really the only thing at this point that that i'm like i want to see what they do with that but everything else i i just mm, i don't know it seemed too uh exploitative like i I don't know like i i don't Mm -hmm. i don't watch the boys for the the sex stuff or or the super graphic like violent stuff it's fun and it's fine but like i'm more interested in like the power dynamics like how they do that stuff it's kind of like game of thrones right where it's like yeah oh okay like sure we all started watching it because of the 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 you know the hot women and the the beefy dudes and like uh, yeah 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 that's what that's what you pulled us in with but like it's really that power dynamic that struggle that really you know we kept watching for um and this this show doesn't have that because it's just a bunch of kids in a superhero school so yeah. Uh, no, 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 absolutely. And like, okay, so like, here's, here's the thing. Like, here's the question. Um, like, do we feel like they're just trying to fill it out? And if this is going to be one of those things where like, okay, so the boys is good in its first season, but it's not until like the second half of the second season that it really finds its balance on tone. Yep. And they kind of starts driving. Is this one of those things where, like we've talked about before, where the first season is more of an experimentation of tone, trying to find the right thing? Because we've all heard about the big, like, there's a big moment in here that's super graphic from what I understood. And yep. it's the one thing that I feel like everybody is talking about, but I feel like is going to be the thing that gets people in just to watch it. But at the same time, is not probably when we look back on it. And I won't spoil it. I know that we 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 ruin a lot of stuff. But because I haven't seen it and I don't know the context, and I don't want to know the context, I want to watch it for myself. I'm not going to reveal it. But if you've if you've been on the Twitter sphere or social media, you absolutely know what I am talking about because it's an extremely it's a it's a boys moment, but it's a boys moment from season three where they've earned the right to do these types of things. Right. Uh, so I'm just more curious if this is like one of those things where we're going to have to wait and see and see if they can balance out the tone based off of the reception of the stuff, um, which you know. I, I hope that they can. Like, I hope it turns out to be a Game of Thrones type of thing where it's like, oh, like the sex was like, that's what got people talking. And then mm-hmm. by the time you get to season two, like, you know, or the end of season one, and you're just like, what? What the fucking killed Ned? What the fuck yeah. is happening? <laughs> like, what is going on with this show? Like, and then you're like, fuck the Lannisters, you know? Then you're all in on, you know, something like that. And it's, uh, you know, I hope they can do that if it just turns into like, how far can we push the envelope with like the sex and the uh, what crazy violent thing can we come up with? I I think it's going to lose. It lose me for sure. Real fast. Yeah. So it would for me too, because that's not what made the boys like, again, it's the whole, like what fandom wants and what fandom, uh, like what fandom wants and what fandom really needs. And I feel like, Fandom 
like the boys is the test case in that because I feel like initially like what they wanted was was what like the whole thing of like hey let's give me an NC-17 rated like superhero movie like give me the Justice League or or like the Justice League versus the Suicide Squad but make it X-rated right like yeah. make it all the things that you would want, like you would really think it is but in in Garth Ennis's mind and then also the translation from him and um you know Seth Rogen Evan Goldberg and then um is it Eric Kripke I think it's Eric Kripke because it's uh, yeah. supernatural right um Eric Kripke uh and them taking it and translating it but also doing exactly what he does in the boys which is flip the script and make it about so much more than just that little concept that he had, like the big, the high level concept, right? It's the anti Mark Millar. Like, I feel like Mark Millar just has big, big ticket concepts. And then when you get to the execution of it, you're like, what the fucking hell? What are you talking? What are you doing? Why? This does not like what? I feel like Garth Ennis does it a little bit better, right? Like, yeah. And, but it's the translation. It's the thing of like, yeah, you can have a great comic book, but a TV show is completely different. And the way that they take the work and transmorph it into what is the boys, I feel is what makes the boys the hit, even though fucking stupid fandom would be like, oh no, it's the fucking explosion, like the, the Ant-Man thing. And like, they just, they, they, they harp on the yeah. stupid stuff, not realizing you get there and you get your dessert but you have to have your vegetables and your meal, right? And yeah. this is a hell of a fucking meal. Like when it's all said and over, the boys is going to be considered like one of the premier, like one of the top tier comic book adaptations that's ever been put onto screen. Um, in, in a way that, like, as much as I like, um, as much as I like um, Preacher, I feel like the boys is better and it, it and it's still going on so it can still produce more and even like reach heights that i don't think that many tv like many comic book adaptations period can reach because yeah. they're just <laughs> they're responsible with their like it, it comes down to like for me it's like the boys like in and of itself in its show if you look at it and you really kind of deep dive into it the creators are responsible for what they do. Does that make sense? Like, like they're not just haphazardly like, like throwing bits of violence in there. Like, there's a reason and purpose for everything that they do in the show. They're responsible. Um, I hope that, like, at the end of the day, Gen V figures that kind of stuff out. And even though it's wild, and there's that fucking moment that I, I'm actually very interested in seeing how they play it out. Um, because I've heard that they actually built a real life model of it. I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah. Um, it, it, <laughs> it's gross. I, I yeah. It. I, I was just like, oh, okay. Um, Did you know about it before you saw nope. the the first? Oh, I, I wish I had. <laughs> oh man, if you had talked, I would have been it, prepared. Been like, yeah. Well, if you had told me, like, if you had told, like, if you had texted me, hey, I'm gonna watch Jim V, I would have been like, hey, watch out for the. Bleep bleedy bleep 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 that explodes and does yeah. bleep 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 bleep. Um, because it's just so wild that it fucking like they do that. Like it like 
I'm just like, okay, we're we're at a very interesting point in in comic bookdom. And once we, I'm waiting for it to end because it's going week to week. I'd much rather watch it like I watch The Boys, which is in chunks. Like you know, like it's like comic books, right? Like I don't like reading singles. I like reading like you know, I like reading collected editions. I know it sounds, it doesn't, it shouldn't sound weird, uh, you know, so that I can. I read it like I read like like you're supposed to read manga, which is very quickly, very kind of like like it's a film, right? And that's what I do with uh, most of the, my comics. So I'm waiting till I get a like I get all of them so that I can go ahead and race through it and see what they're actually doing as an entire arc, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it it'll be you know more interesting once you can see it as a whole. I think so. I'm okay. I'm very middle on uh the the premiere so uh okay. i mean i'm i'm probably still gonna watch it but it won't be like just like daryl dixon it was not something i rushed to and after the first episode i'm like eh, i see what you're doing and like i'll i'll catch up you know eventually mm-hmm. but at this point i think i'm like four episodes three or four behind on both of those shows and i'm not you know i'm not rushing to catch up but you know yeah i'll i'll catch up in in the next month or so so okay all right absolutely um and, and i will and i will definitely keep you posted so we can have the gen v talk uh it's weird because like as much as we both like the boys we haven't had a full-on the boys like conversation here um but i feel like probably wait for season four because supposedly season four is the finale is the final season at least for this iteration of of the boys cast um because they can always adjust and tweak and stuff but everybody in this cast i've heard it's it might be the final season but who knows um yeah but but that's not for another year at least i mean with the writer strike who the hell knows so but yeah we will we will continue i will report back as soon as i'm able to to get my my hands around Gen V. Um, you so th- that's I, two things I know I've watched that you haven't watched, um, and I know there's two things we both watched. <laughs> yes, we have watched. Yes, exactly. Um, actually, have we watched three? Um, so of course we can talk. Like, did you watch the? Okay, so did you watch Loki? Yes, that did watch Loki. Okay, did you watch Only Murderers? Yes. And so yeah, three things. Okay. Um, Yeah, Ah Ahsoka. uh, uh, Let's talk about Loki first. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Okay. So that, like, guys, that's the the series that I was talking about. If you were even, if you were even like questioning what I was saying, it's the fact that. Okay, so for me, like, that first episode, which I've watched twice now, um, is kind of weird because it reminds me of how good things can be in Marvel. And it points out the stuff that's been very bad. Even, like, me being forgiving to things, like, it made me snap back and go, why should I forgive shit when they're doing some wild-ass shit on Loki that's, like, in 30 or in 45 minutes, for me at least, is better than anything that's happened with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy over the last, like, two years of Marvel stuff. 
Yeah, I, I'm in the same, but I actually just recorded um, an episode of the, the Marvel podcast that uh, we do oh, uh, with okay. Elizabeth uh, last night, and it's specifically for Loki. And it, it's funny because I didn't, I didn't get to watch Loki until yesterday. And so I had about a day of like, reading the instant reactions and and i know uh, that they've shown i think the first four episodes to critics i think they screened the first four and so i i think a lot of the reaction that i read has been from people that have seen the first four and and watched them pretty much all at once and maybe it will kind of lose some steam or whatever it's it'll be what it'll be but I saw a lot of like, eh, Marvel can't seem to get it together. And so I sat down to watch Loki with the idea uh-huh. in my head that like, they're, they're gonna, like, th- this is just not going to be great. Like, and yeah. I, 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 this is the way I put it to Elizabeth. I said, for me, by the time I got to the end of Loki, it was like, I had been, it's like I had to get dressed up for work and wear the most uncomfortable shoes you can possibly think of. And I had to do that. And then I got to go home and put on this old, extremely comfortable, like familiar pair of slippers. And the minute the show started, I was like, (sighs) okay. This is what we're supposed to be doing, guys. <laughs> like, yes. What was the rest of what? Like, what have you been doing? Where, where has this been? Not the characters, not just the. It, it. I don't know how to describe it. It just felt comfortable. Like, the humor is is back, which is something outside of like Guardians has been largely missing from most of the things. Like, just taking a minute and a half to play out a a stupid joke of, like, you know, that it just, I, you know, him, um, Mobius going, like, I just can't watch it. It just looks so gross and uncomfortable. (laughs) And, And then the camera, like, how did it look to you? And the camera just panning over to this terribly frightened woman in the elevator just like not knowing what to say i mean it's it's so it's an easy joke but it's a it's just this thing that adds weight to everything else you're doing and that's been so missing you know and i refuse to believe it's because the the people that they've brought in either don't understand how to fuse those things or that that the newer actors can't pull it off so no it, uh, so that's the thing is that like the way that you described it like like all of the last couple of years of marvel stuff being uncomfortable shoes work shoes like new uncomfortable work shoes and then loki season two the first episode being a pair of like broken in house slippers and just comfort is very, very, very apropos, I feel. Because it's like, like I said, like this, like 
it's not just it's not just the writing it's it's everything about the show is just like 12% better than everything else that's out there that Marvel has produced. Um, but and here's the thing. If you say everything is 12% better, it's an accumulation of being miles and miles ahead of everything. Like the thing that I like, what I loved so much about it is that it kept its, it's funny, weird, Terry Gilliam-esque tone, right? Like, like it, it is definitely not skipped a beat between season one and season two, which was this, the thing that I was scared of, right? But I feel like it's gone even high, it's gone even uh, better. Like, it's, it's upped itself in a way that I don't think that most shows that have a second season would ever do. Like, there's a complexity to this that we're already seeing in the the beginning of the show that you're like yeah they're playing with like some really like some really outlandish like i told somebody i was like this is this is their version of douglas adams this is like like this is like the way that douglas adams writes sci-fi is exactly what they're doing with loki right it's playful it's kind of winking and nodding but it's super serious and it's smarter than you like that's the way that Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy always was. Like, that's what I enjoy about it. That's why I keep on going back and I read a thousand pages every couple of years because it's just pure enjoyment. And, like, here's the thing that I also forgot was, goddamn, Tom Hiddleston, like, is really good as fucking Loki. Like, you forget about that, right? But then yeah. you watch it and it's like the moment where he goes up to Morbius and talks to Morbius and the, and the, the visual like arc that he goes through when he realizes that this is not his Morbius, like the Morbius that he like, like spilled guts with it's heartbreaking. Right. But it's also super funny once you get recontextualized and you feel, and you figure out he's times like, like he's, what do they call it? Time shifting. He's time shifting. So there's multiple different Loki or Morbiuses that he's dealing with, right? Um, and like all of these guys, every single performer in this show is so nimble with what they're having to do and how they have to play it. But that's also, I feel, Benson and Moorhead like and their cup of tea because they're the direct of course they're the directors of of this season of Loki. It was a shift from Kate Heron to Morehead and Benson, which I feel is a better fit because they deal like this is their stuff. They're like, unless you get one of the the Doctor Who directors to come in, Benson and Morehead is like your best American version of this, right? Because the, all of their all of their movies, like all their indie movies, have been tiny whiny, uh, like sci fi loopy stuff, which is great because they fit in so well. Like, there's an urgency to the direction I never felt in the first season of Loki, everything felt kind of Wes Anderson-esque, if that makes sense. Like, it was very kind of, we're going to introduce you to the world, and here's the world. Because I just did a rewatch of Loki season one, and it's very kind of like, it's not playing with speed, editing, camera movement. It's very traditional because there's just, it's such a, it's a different universe than we're used to, right? Um, it's, it's kind of great, and... Uh, like the secret weapon, and I feel like if 
if they're smart, they know that he's the secret weapon is, I mean, you probably already real, uh, Kihu Kwan, like coming in like a, like an assassin, just doing, doing what I, like, if anybody was questioning why he got best supporting actor, this should shut them the fuck up because the work he does here with allowing Morbius or like allowing Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston to, to, to not have to do the heavy lifting and him doing all the heavy lifting, but making it hilarious and fun and wildly weird. But like, I don't know, man, it's, it's a bit of a magic trick how they got, how like the moment where they build the, the, the gadget, like the MacGuffin, like whatever you want to call it to get Morbius back or to get, to get Loki back is some of like, it's some of the most fun things I've seen. Like it's the funnest section I've seen in Marvel in a very long time. It's fun. It's funny. It's inventive. And at the end of it, you're kind of breathless because it goes so quickly and it's edited so perfectly that you didn't realize this is like a plot exposition dump, right? Yep. You know, I don't know. Like, I, I do you feel the same way about uh, like, about like, the setup or like the acting i mean like uh what did you find the most pleasurable about the about the whole entire episode i mean yeah really it, you're we're one for one here um okay like i'm on the exact same page where i was just like oh uh, like the the info dumps are info dumps but they're done with like such like humor and charm that like i don't I don't really even care, you know, they gloss mm-hmm. over all of the things that like make you want to just like roll your eyes in the back of your head uh, just by uh, like having somebody who immediately that you're like, oh, this guy's extremely intelligent, uh, Kiwe Kwan's character, uh, Obi, uh, mm-hmm. try to explain it to Loki, who's just like, yeah, sure, of course, that's how it works, um, <laughs> you know, is it, is so fun and funny and such a great way to do all that um yeah i don't it's it sounds stupid but it's like i don't even care where the show is going yeah as long as i get to see these people do their thing you know i feel kind of like guardians was similar even though i I'm one of the few people on the planet who's like, eh, I don't really love that first movie. Um, but they're so familiar with those characters that it's like, I just want to see these people do the thing that they do. You know? Yeah. Iron Man was the same way. Like, Iron Man 2 has a lot of problems. It's not great. I know a lot of people have problems with Iron Man 3 now. Um, but getting to watch Robert Downey Jr. just do his thing is always worth the price of admission. Even if the, at the end of the day, you're just like, eh, you know, um, Thor wasn't like that because I, I don't, for as much as I like Chris Hemsworth, I felt like he kind of lost the, the character of Thor. Like, I don't know what happened, yeah. but he kind of just lost the character. And 
but but whereas like Chris Evans never did. So if it was Cap, like you know, I, I was totally down for that. Um, I I the, uh, as far as Marvel TV goes, you know, this is the best we've had since. Uh, now I, that's <laughs> it. I like She Hulk. I yeah. like it just fine. Um, but it, it was definitely a, a more or less an experiment, and I really enjoyed Miss Marvel. But yeah, you know, I, I I don't think Miss Marvel was a show that was necessarily made for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I enjoyed it, but I don't think it was made for me. Um, this feels like something that was made for me, and it's like I, I don't care where we go. You know, like I yeah. might still be dissatisfied with where it ends up, but I'm going to enjoy the ride. Like, I know I'm going to enjoy yeah. the ride. No, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like, I feel like um, I think you put you, you, you put the nail in the coffin. Uh, like, I, it's like the last thing, like other than Guardians, because Guardians is the exception to the rule, because I feel like. Like, I know this sounds weird, but, like, Guardians feels like a Phase 3 movie as opposed yeah. to a Phase 4 movie. Um, like, Loki definitely is the first thing that I feel like since probably Loki Season 1 that I absolutely, unabashedly adore. Like, those first two TV series, like, are something special, right? Like, yeah. like And Loki WandaVision, was the only one that stuck the landing. Yeah, you're 100% right. Because, like, you know, but then also WandaVision has had the, the trouble of Wanda being involved in uh, Multiverse of Madness, which yeah. I like as a movie on its own, like as a as a like if this was the first like if this was like the first one off of something that Sam Raimi decided to do in his Spider-Man universe, I would have loved it. Like it's a mate like like like. It's more of a Sam Raimi movie than an MCU movie, which I know sounds very weird, but like it really is. Like it doesn't feel like like it doesn't feel like an actual MCU movie because they casted such a wide net with with allowing Raimi to do whatever he wanted to do, which that's fine. Like you know, it's a multiverse movie. Okay, fine, but uh, but uh, like at the end of the day, like I said, like. Like getting like getting into the like like getting into the minutia of everything and what like really works for me. And I really feel like Loki is the thing recently that worked. Like, and I know it's not even recent, but then this is just a reminder of it, right? This is a reminder of things to come and like or the reminder of how great something can be when you're given when when you're given something that works from head to toe for the character like yeah for a re a soft reboot of the character of Loki because they like if you think about it it's a very tricky adapt it's a tricky thing because it could have come off as very crass because what they're trying to do is bring him back into the universe after they killed him, but make it make sense in the way that he's not the same Loki. And that's the thing that I find fascinating is that this Loki is not the same Loki that we saw get uh, get murked by um, uh, by Thanos in 
um, in whatchamacallit, in, um, not in, it wasn't, in, in right? Infinity, in yeah, Infinity War. In Infinity War. In, in Infinity War. Sorry. He kills, they kill him. In, uh, uh, so, but it's funny because it's a starting off, the point, like, the thing that I always find fascinating is the starting off point. They, they got him after Avengers 1, right? Which means that, like, and here's the weird part, and here's the thing that I'm waiting for, is they never forget things. And I'm very curious to see if they deal with the Coulson, kill, killing of Coulson, like, situation. Because yeah. that's the thing that everybody forgets about Loki, is that he killed Coulson, right? Like, they buried it because they found out how much adored he was. But I feel like that's something that there has to be some recompense for, right? Because, I mean, he is still that person. I mean, he's literally, like, if we really think about it, Loki is about three weeks out from killing Coulson. Like, if we kind of do a timeline, a, a timey-wimey weird, like, thing, it, it's maybe three weeks of time it's probably less than that it's probably more like a week of time um from when he got pulled into the tva to where he is right now so i mean that's still fresh right i mean even though he's changed supposedly um from all of these experiences um but also they're dealing with that and i like that like at, like you know people i feel like feel like this is like what i want from a marvel like what i want from a marvel tv series i i want them to be daring but i also want them to be it sounds terrible because like how do you do this like i want them to be as inventive as and, and ingenious as this show is like there's a freshness to everything that's done even though we've seen this kind of shit done a thousand times before it's just like these little moments like the whole thing between Ouroboros and uh, Morbius when he's getting him into the suit. <laughs> like, everything about that scene, including the whole giant vacuum tube, the the the, yeah. the, 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 dryer sh the, the the dryer conductor hose that's attached to him and walking, it's brilliant. And they don't have to do that. And in most shows, and in most Marvel stuff, they've forgotten that. They've forgotten to be witty with the, with the stuff and it's all, like, as much as there is volume in this, I feel like the production design, because they have so much, like, production design, there's a tactileness to it as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like it feels like the actors are getting to play off of stuff, and it's not just... It, it, it's like the Guardian stuff, like, you know, like, uh, yeah. with Nowhere. Like, Nowhere is actually a, a place. Like, that's tangible. Here, like, with Ouroboros in his, um, like, you know, in his, like, little, like, his massive, like, um, laboratory, it's real. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a volume. And, like, it's just all the right decisions. Like, and I don't yeah. know, I don't know who, like, it's definitely not Feige. Like, I'm fairly certain this is not Feige's thing. But does it is it because of the confluence of everybody that's there? Like, like, is it the is it the cinematographer, the production designer? But then at the end of the day, it's like you know the writers and directors all allowing everything to like happen in the way that it should. I don't know, but it's it's a brilliant little like snap of the fingers, like for me, like I, like, and it woke me up. Like it really woke me up to like, oh man, like you know what. When you don't have when you don't have something good, you kind of start accepting it. 
But then when you get something really good, like even one episode, like this could be something that crashes and burns spectacularly. I don't think it will. Um, but like when you get that good, it, it, it brings to light everything else, right? Like, um, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be interesting. Did you see the, did you watch the, the, um, the final scene? Yeah, the, the post-credits, the... yeah. That, yeah. That was, I mean, I, I don't know where they're, I, so, I mean, kind of, sort of, possible comic book spoilers. So, mm-hmm. where she winds up at is basically at one point in time where Asgard, or new Asgard, or whatever, is in the comics. Oh, Okay. I don't know that that's the case in the MCU, but um, in the comics, that is the case. Like, so uh, I I feel like it's got to be something like that specifically because they don't just, it's not just random. Like they specifically name that city in Oklahoma. And I'm like, Mm. okay, well, this has to be some way like entrenched in that um i i 100 do not think we're going to see chris hemsworth in this show and that's totally fine we don't need chris hemsworth in this show but it would be extremely interesting to see some of those other asgardian characters that we know have survived and how they might interact with this version of loki Absolutely. No, no, no. Like, I, I think you're, you're head on right. Like, like, um, I heard a casting, I heard two or three casting rumors. And when I heard them, I was like, why are they there? But you telling me this really kind of gives me an idea of, oh, oh. And then additionally, they've come to play. Like they're they're like I don't know if you've seen who's on the cast list, but there is two very specific persons from Thor that are supposedly in the in the TV series. Um, that I feel like okay, well, like what you say, and then add those two people together, and it's like kind of like the perfect confluence of of like if you're going to cast people from the Thor universe, you want these people there because of their relationships with the Loki. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, no, absolutely. That's, that's very interesting. I'm glad that you like, was it okay. So like the stuff that you're talking about in Oklahoma and new, new Asgard, is that from lady Loki or is that from like, so it, just basically it's, Thor. It's, it's from Thor. I'm trying. Cause the problem is it's so cyclical. Um, yeah. If I remember right, it happens after uh, the Heroes Reborn stuff where they're all, all pocketed away into that different universe and then they come back. And then, like, New Asgard is... Something happened. I can't remember what. Some kind of Ragnarok or something, just like in the movie Thor. Okay. Um, and they reestablish Asgard on Earth, and it's in Oklahoma. And there's this whole storyline of the gods, the Asgardian gods, basically being these like 
it's kind of like the 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 celebrities that like live in a town that's like a little town so like uh, all the people know the celebrities but they're still like out they treat them like they're regular people instead of celebrities mm-hmm. like that kind of storyline but it, it was very like specific to the thor comics um i think j michael straczynski wrote that run of thor oh, okay. um okay so yeah um uh, I don't know that that's where they're going, but um, I, I'm with you on hearing some, like, I, because Loki's been done since October of last year, I feel like, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. And so, like, yeah. the casting rumors have been, you know, like, that's a, that's a long time to sit on, like, oh, yeah, I'm in, you know, Loki, surprise. Um, but, uh yeah, I, I'm I'm almost certain that that's where we're going with that. So. No, no, absolutely. And and that's going to be like like that's my favorite. Like that was actually if we, we talk about everything like that's my favorite moment. Like I love like my favorite part of Loki was the discovery of Sophia uh, DiMartino. And like. I was like, man, we don't even get to see her in this episode. Like, like that was the thing that kind of like, other than the, that final moment, I was like, we don't get to see her in anything. Like, it's not like, like what made Loki so great was (laughs) the narcissistic, like, like the narcissistic love that Hiddleston's Loki had for um, DiMartino's um, uh, Sylvie, AKA Lady Loki um and it made the show so hilariously fun for me because it's like everybody else is talking about shipping them but i'm like you know it's like what it's it's exactly what owen wilson says like morbius says it's like you are the epic 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 narcissist of all time falling in love with another version of yourself come on bro um yeah but but it's great because she makes it her own thing, right? Like, like so much so that she makes a decision that is so in character for her in the final moments, like killing, uh, you know, um, killing Kang, which you don't like you expect, but it's like one of those moments that you don't normally allow a character to have and basically finishes her, her story. Like her ultimate thing was, I need to make the TVA end. And she did. And like, you know, the people that caused her the most pain, him. Like, and she did it. I mean, you know, like that's kind of a bit of brilliance, even though you don't normally let that happen. But it's also kind of like it opens up the world to consequences that you don't realize are consequences. But to have her come back and like get this, like what she thinks is a a reprieve. (laughs) <laughs> which yeah. is great like you know it's great and like her final moment is awesome like you know there she's like i want to try everything um now i have to ask because we know how we, we know how marvel do how long is it before we get the marvel loki collab with mcdonald's because i mean obviously it has to come right like yeah oh, because the, there's uh i mean there there's have you seen that mcdonald's commercial no, I haven't seen any. I mean, you know me. I don't watch. I don't watch too much yeah. TV. TV. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's already it's already full on. Like it's already oh. out there. 
are you fucking kidding me? Oh, no. you know what? I did. I did. I did see it because they're treating her like not as Lady Loki, but just as an employee of McDonald's, yeah. right? Is that the yeah. thing? Yes, that's yep. right. That's right. Oh shit, that's right. So when is the like when is the actual collab collab coming? You know? Um, um I, I want to say that there? there's like something with the McNuggets. They're doing like a Loki sauce or something like that. So in the restaurants. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, no. Actually, yeah, I see that. Um like so like the brooklyn based uh mcdonald's was set up in 1982 um as 1982 uh for a loki pop up yep. um but it was back in september and wow yeah i'm like yeah, the, I'm just kind of like looking at mcdonald's loki meal includes a medium drink medium fries and a choice of quarter pounder with cheese 10 piece mcnuggets or a big mac which is very uh i mean it's very basic but it also includes uh i i guess they've rebranded the sweet and sour sauce because of the like the green uh top or whatever is yes you know loki sauce okay so. <laughs> okay um wow okay i mean yeah no i see that i see it now uh i mean you know bit of brilliance like you know like talk about taking taking the like you know taking taking it's weird because like like i was thinking about it and logan like tw like 30 years ago when we were teenagers if this should happen we'd fucking flip the fuck out we would flip the yeah. fuck out if the, like if we had a loki tv series never mind because like i also i like i often feel about i often think about this and like and I think that the writers do too, because like 30 years ago, like they already casted the perfect Loki with like, you know, um, with Richard E. Grant, like 30 years ago, it would have been Richard E. Grant. Right. Like I like after the, the calamity that is Huston, Hudson Hawk. Hey, I'm a stand for Hudson Hawk. I love it. But like you get like in that era, you would have gotten a Richard E. Grant yeah, and a TV sure. series, like a BBC Doctor Who-ish kind of weird kind of like cheap but still cool like loki it, it like just like this right like um it's really weird and funky to see how like flexy they get with this stuff like you know to like truly understand like you know it's like they're people pleasing is the same time that they're not with at least with this tv show um and yeah i mean it's just like that's why like I'm digging it. I mean, I'm I'm not a. I, I mean, I might actually have to go to McDonald's to get myself a Loki meal just to see what's up. <laughs> just to see what's up. They caught me, man. They got me. Um, especially for the next episode when when we actually officially like it. It feels like the next episode is going to be Sylvie centric, right? Like, and this this timeline. Yeah. I, like, why else? I I hope so. I really really hope so. Um, I I do want to ask you. Do you have any speculation into or about who zaps Loki with the uh, whatever we're, we're calling those things, the time stick? Um, um, what's her like? I kind of think um, that um, it's what's her name, uh, the judge. Or not the judge, but the um, 
uh, Renslayer. That's yeah. who I feel it is. Like, I feel like that's that's absolutely who it is. Um, because isn't she, like, don't we actually think, like, other than the Lokis and uh, He Who Remains, she's, like, the big baddie of the piece? Like, she's not even a baddie. She's just, she's doing her job, right? Like, it's either her or um, Raphael Cassell's character, X5. Yeah, I uh, Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so great, though. He is so great as that SWAT team. Like, he feels like an analogous to Crossbones. Like, yeah. uh, Frank Grillo's Crossbones. Who's the just minute like this... he was giving Mobius shit about yeah. the... I was just like, who the fuck are you? Like, I hope you die. <laughs> well, my favorite part is the way that he, he keeps on holding his armor. Because it's like the typical SWAT dude thing to do. Like, putting his arms on top of his chest plate. I'm like, man, I fucking hate... Like, I love you as an actor. But I hate this character because he is the typical SWAT team idiot. Uh, and then along yep. with his... Along with Kate Dickey, who, you know, keeping the Game of Thrones uh, line of things. Like... All of these new people that they keep on introducing, like like they introduce in this first like round, it's kind of great. Um, but yeah, I think that it's either that's mine is Renslayer or X Five. Um, it could very well be, even though X Five and and his boss went into the timeline to start. It looked like like at the end, it looks like they're pruning uh, they're pruning the timelines, even though they're told they've been told not to. So, um, but yeah, no. Um, I'm interested. I'm I'm definitely piqued interest because I mean there's certain things that we haven't seen yet, right? Like where where is Miss Minutes? Yeah. Like that's that's a bigger question for me. And from last year, what is weird is that she feels as evil as Renslayer does. Like at the end of it, like that's what I was like when I was doing my rewatch. The thing that I always forgot was she was very complicit in, with Renslayer in how she presented things to Loki and to Sylvie. Um or yep. to specifically to Sylvie. So like that's an interesting character to me. Um is do you think that C20 is still around? She's the one that they oh no I don't know, actually. Like, is she still around? I couldn't remember. Because they made such a big deal about her before, so much so that they took B-15 and put her in jail, right? Like, um, yeah, the one that's that's been freed and now is seems to be a part of the team. Like, there's a team forming, which is interesting. Like, between Loki, Morbius, Ouroboros, and B-15, it's like a little team that's been put together. Um. Uh, so I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting. Who do you think it's going to be? Like, who do you think? Uh, who do you I, think is behind uh, the stick? So I've I've got in. Uh, maybe not unique. Uh, but what I think is an interesting theory. Um, I. My, my favorite thing when we talk anytime anybody talks about time, my favorite thing is just to be like, time is a flat circle. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes it is <laughs> and uh oh. so in in that sense uh which jeff canada i think says it all the time on the film cast um yeah. time is a flat circle 
the person that hits Loki with the uh, time stick is Loki. Is Loki? <laughs> That's great. That is great. Um, man, I didn't even think about that. Like that, that would be kind of perfect. But it, we don't find that out until the end. Yeah. Um, like when when I was talking to Elizabeth, she summed it up so well. She said. This felt like the finale of a show, not the first episode of a show. Because so many things happen that feel like are like cliffhangers. Yes. And, and I'm like, yeah, in the sense of everything we've been getting from these TV shows lately, 100%, this feels like where you would leave the show and just be like, we'll figure it out eventually. Instead, this is where we started. And we haven't started with a mystery in a show like this from Disney or any of these other big streamers um, in quite a while, you know, yeah. maybe since the first Loki. <laughs> so. I, yeah, no, absolutely. With the variant, like and who the variant was. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Like uh, it's, it's really like, it's very like at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm glad that the level of quality hasn't dipped. If anything, the quality has increased, at least yeah. with this first episode. Um, I don't take too much stock in, like, people, like, what critics are saying. Like, I did read a lot of stuff. There are a couple of critics that were really kind of like, yeah, we've only watched four of the six episodes, so I can't really say much, but I can say that it's got a trajectory to it. Uh, some people think that it's, like, you know, walking in circles. But again, like what you said, like, you know, sometimes, you know, time is a flat circle. And so, like, things are going to probably, like, I can only imagine that things are going to be set up in a way that pay off in the last two episodes, it just feels like it, like, whenever you have a time movie, like, anything that's dealing with time loops and alternate realities, the best way to approach it is to make it feel like it's haphazard and then connect it at the end of the, at the end of the thing. I mean, that's what happens with, like, that's the reason why Back to the Future works so well. It's a, it's a well-oiled machine, and if you look at the beginning of it, like, we've lived and existed in a world that Back to the Future has existed for 40 years, right? Yeah. Um, but, and here's the but part about it all, is that if you go back and you can kind of like just like expand your mind a little bit, the movie begins in chaos, right? Like there's so much that happens in that movie at the beginning of it, the first 20 minutes, but it all gets paid off through the entirety of the film. And that's why it's a well-oiled machine. If Loki is even a bit like that, then we're setting up strands, loose strands that are going to connect very successfully and satisfyingly at the end because it's a time yep. movie. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see uh, to see where it goes and just to enjoy the ride, like you said, like you know, just existing with these people is enough. Like seeing these people, like having them have the conversations, like just Owen Wilson existing and saying the dialogue that he's saying in the way that Owen Wilson says it and the way that Loki bounce, like, or the way that Tom Hiddleston bounce off of, bounces off of him. But more they're, they're so fun together. They're so they fun. They are. They are like, 
why, like, why do I just instantly want a Butch and Sundance style film with yeah. them? Not necessarily Loki and Morbius, though that would be great. But just a a movie with those two because their chemistry is so tangible. Um, yeah, dude, I totally like them. And then you add in you add in the the you add in like uh, Kihu Kwan into that mix, and it becomes this like three amigos type of thing where it's like each one of them is doing something separate, but works in conjunction with the other two. And it's yeah. just like, fuck, how do you do that? Like, did you specifically write for Kiku Kwan? Uh, Kihu Kwan? Um, or did oh, yeah. you or did he? Yeah. Did he come yeah. in and embody that? Did he bring something to it? Did you write it to him? Like, I, I don't know, but like, it almost like I want to believe that he, he's of the the Tom Hiddleston ilk of like there was stuff on the paper, but it's completely this guy. Like it's this guy that's that charming. Like because if you hand if you hand Loki to anybody else, it's not gonna be like it's not because it's it it's it is written, but it's not how it's written. It's how he delivers it. Like, yes, you know, no, 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 absolutely. You're right. Like, and like, you know, this is why you get Shakespearean actors. Like, this is why you get yeah. somebody like Hiddleston is because their sense of language is so like better than just a normal, a normally trained actor. Um, though Owen Wilson, who always says like, who's very uh, self-deprecating, would never admit to like being like really good. But if you really think about it, I mean, he's a screenwriter by trade. I mean, that's the originally like him and Wes Anderson, like. Well, and they let him do his thing. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, I get, I know that there's this faction of people that are perpetually annoyed with Owen Wilson being Owen Wilson. And I agree. Like when he's the main thing, it can be like just too much, much like Vince Vaughn, which is why I don't fucking like Wedding Crashers. Uh, it's just <laughs> two and a half hours of them two doing their shtick. And it's like, you guys work as sidekicks. You don't really work as the main character. I, I love them both, but n- no. Um, yeah. Letting Owen Wilson do the thing where he just mumbles and trails off and not having it be the main focus like you're on loki and he's over there going like but what about this and this and this and and like he just gets to be owen wilson to the side for a minute and then you know he's the focus and then he's all like it just works so well and they let him do his thing and so just like loki just like obi like I know some of that's on the page, but you hired these people because of what they can do and letting them do what they can do the same way, like, you know, all kinds of stuff about Iron Man has come out in the last few years. We know that a lot of what we saw is just Robert Downey Jr. doing what Robert Downey Jr. does, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, Uh and it works, so, right? Yeah. Like the vibing, 
the vibing sometimes works when you, and here's ultimately what it is, when you cast correctly, right? Like, I, I mean, like, we've seen the, like, like, talking about, like, released stuff and uncovered stuff. Like, we've seen the Tom Hiddleston is Thor and how wrong it was in every single respect, right? Yeah. But, like, for them to actually look at that and go, but you know what? Loki. I wouldn't have saw it. I really wouldn't have saw it. Like, I like, like, you know, like, it, it just looks bad. Like, I'm like, why is this guy in blonde hair? Like, this guy just doesn't work. Like, I would never have had the fortitude to step back and go, but Loki? Yeah. But then again, that's also like, you know, just the screen test, right? But, yeah. but, it, like, you know, it, it does go to the casting and stuff and, like, you know, like, to Owen Wilson, like, that's a brilliant stroke right there. Like, to to go, I need a counter to Tom Hiddleston. What would be the counter to Tom Hiddleston? Like, my first reaction is not Owen Wilson. Though, like, when you say it, it makes complete sense. And then when you see it executed, it, it's not just it makes sense. It's, like, the only choice, right? Like, that first episode of Loki where he, where, like, where basically Morbius goes, don't bullshit a bullshitter. I know you. I know everything about you. I know more than you. I know more about you than you. And you can try to play games, but I'm just as much of a trickster and I'm just, I have so much in my pocket against you. Like, it's kind of brilliant, but it also helps that Hiddleston allows it, right? Like, he allows, like, Owen Wilson the space to yep. do and own Loki as Morbius. But it, it creates this great contentious relationship. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's it's a very, like, if I, if we got, three, like, if we got five seasons of Loki with, the, with, with just, like, with the primaries, Wilson and Hiddleston const, being the constants, shit, I'd, I'd watch it all the time. Like I would, yeah. because it's it's so infinitely enjoyable. Because they vibe, right? Like they're like it's weird because like Downey vibes by himself. He doesn't vibe with anybody else. Like if you really watch it, it's him basically just dancing by himself and people coming around him, but never matching pitch and speed. Yeah, um, and that's what makes it work. Is that the, yeah. like. He kind of like pulls them in and like, oh, well, you know, we we had a, a moment and now that moment's gone. And like now he's mm -hmm. on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And uh, and yeah, it, it's it's such a I mean, it sounds so weird. I'll, maybe that's what a lot of recent MCU has been missing is just chemistry. Because uh, there I, really yeah. has not been a lot of it. Um, I think Miss Marvel certainly has some. I think mm -hmm. She-Hulk has it, its moments of chemistry. But sadly, all of that's weighed down by, like, the terrible CGI. Um, but overall, like, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, I think there's a lot that's of true. chemistry there. Um, yeah. With most of that cast. Um, and so you can kind of forgive some of the dumb things in that show, um, you know. But they don't play. But they don't play into it as much as you want them to. Same yeah. with 
Falcon and Wilder, Winter Soldier. Falcon yeah, and Winter those, Soldier. Yeah, those two have absolute chemistry together, and they spend so much time shoehorning a lot of stuff, which I know that had to be like rewritten, refilmed because mm-hmm. of some some stuff. So that caused some problems. But like those dudes have such good chemistry, and you only see it for just a little bit in that show. No, absolutely. And like, like Falcon and Winter Soldier, like the comp should have been 48 hours. Yep. But it's not, it's so not the, it's not anything that you could possibly, like it, it, there's fleeting moments, right? Like, well, and then also with Hawkeye, like the bigger problem is, is that the person that Kate Bishop vibes with the most is the biggest star in that show, which is Florence um, uh, Florence Welch. Florence, Florence Well, Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh. Yeah, Florence Pugh, who absolutely, like, they should have paid her or they should have used her contract. Like, Hawkeye should have been about Hawkeye having to deal with these two, the, these two young ladies that are at each other's throats. Yep. Like, that's what that show should have been christmas time having to figure out how two sisters how to make two sisters get along just enough to resolve the issue of the bigger thing but they don't it doesn't it makes the wrong decisions um and so like you're right and then the same thing with winter soldier like it's the same thing they're they're hit they're hindered by the plot there's not enough space like and this is the weird part it's a they're both fucking TV shows with eight episodes. You should have enough time to let vibes happen, to let things yep. happen. Like, like as soon as you saw how good, how good the Bishop Elena relationship was, you should have stopped production and pulled a Pixar and go, no, we need to rewrite this. And sorry, Florence. Sorry, Flo, but a cup like you know, we're gonna make this one of your movies, and I'm fairly certain that Flo wouldn't have mind, right? Like, yep. like you know, when you're signed up for a five year, uh, five picture deal, but then one of them happens to come off because it's a TV show, fuck it, let it happen. I mean, um, but yeah, and you know, Loki's giving that to us, like it gave it to us last season, like it gave us the space enough to have these moments, like. Like like the Lamentus stuff, like there's enough action in Lamentus and enough sci-fi CGI craziness to satisfy somebody, but there's also so much space for Loki and Sylvie's relationship. And it builds blocks yeah. there. So that when they when he tries to kiss her, it's at least earned. It's the most weirdest thing of all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like, like I, I remember the first time we watched it, I turned over to my, I like looked over at my wife and looked over at Christina. And I was like, that is the, like, the, like he's a narcissist, but I mean, like talk about like the biggest masturbatory fantasy that anybody's ever had, like yeah. an egocentric maniac. Um, but it makes sense because he is like he is an egomaniac. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the Loki show is to show just how any iteration it doesn't matter. They're all egocentric egomaniacs that lose constantly, right? Um, yep. You know, all I know is is that I really, really hope. Like my big hope is that some of the season one characters, like boastful Loki, like old Loki kid loki they find a way to organically put them back in because of the timeline because of yeah. these timelines because 
ultimately the biggest fun that I had with season one was being able to see all those iterations of Loki, right? Like, and, yeah. and that mo that that was very special in a show that's already pretty special. Um, do you have any kind of hopes for season uh, season two? Um, I mean, we kind of already touched on it, but I really just want to see Jamie Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great, dude. I mean, she, like, okay, can we just stop and appreciate how she has been, like, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe people, like, her and the Warriors 3 and all their iterations have been shit upon and yeah, out. Like, I mean... Poor Ray like, Stevenson, man. Rest in peace. Boy, yes. did he get the short end of that fucking stick. Yes, he did. Do we want to, like, I think that's a perfect transition for fucking Ahsoka, well, man. I, I, I or do you have more? I, I want to, well, we both also watched the murders in the building. You, yes. You caught up. Um, I, I want to talk about that for a second because okay. I also enjoy that before I get to me crapping uh -huh. on something I've mostly enjoyed so far. Um, so, only murders. We're talking about things with chemistry and how we could just watch these people just do this all day. Like, even if the plot is like, what? Like, yeah. And I feel like Only Murders is also that show. Like, the, you know, spoilers for that. But uh, the, it was the mom. No, wait, it was the other mom. No, wait, it was the son. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's. It's fine. Like the the twist. It by the time they get there, it was something I saw coming like immediately. I was like, oh, it wasn't her. Like it was yeah. it was the kid. It was a hundred percent the kid. Yeah. And so none of that was shocking to me, but it didn't matter because you got to take the journey with those characters and they're so much fun that it's like, Oh, I don't care if I saw the reveal coming. I don't even care if it's like the season two reveal of like, Oh, it was his girlfriend the whole time. Like, and she's crazy. Like it was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like it's so out of left field. And, but it didn't matter. Cause you got to do it with those characters. And yes. I, you know, I, yeah, it's just so much fun, man. It really is. And, okay, so, like, I feel like it, it really is, like, it's really Steve Martin. Like, the more I think about it, it's really Steve Martin flexing his muscles as a writer, giving us something that's kind of beautiful, that it's a mystery where you, at the end of the day, you really don't care about who like I know it sounds weird but and it sounds very wrong but you don't care about yeah, the, it matter. the solving of the murder yeah like all, all that matters is that these three characters are constantly together and they're constantly doing things and even if they're not together they're they're all working towards something right within within their character arc and what I loved about this season was the thing I hate the most about about uh, about groups where they separate them only to put them together. Yeah. But 
that's the difference between Steve Martin writing something and a writer's room fucking doing whatever they're fucking doing and just making it stupid, right? Like, um, it's also like the difference between, I'll give a shout out to James Gunn, who's Guardians Volume 2 does exactly that, but it works perfectly. Like, yeah. it's exactly what you need in that movie. Um, it's a very hard thing to do. Um, I feel like sometimes Star Wars doesn't do it right because they do the wrong mixture of characters and it becomes this whole weird thing. But that's neither here nor there. We'll talk about that in a second. But I also want to say, like, <laughs> so the, the thing that I want them to course correct is that I am sick and tired of them trying to give Selena Gomez's Mabel a love interest. Like, I like Jesse yeah. Uh, Jesse Williams. Like, I love Jesse B. Williams. Don't get me wrong. Tobert was... It was fun, like, but, like... Yeah. I think very early on, maybe this season, for sure, early on, they mm -hmm. realized, like, oh, this these plot lines don't really work that well. Like, yeah. it's fine for the, the little guest spot. And like, he, he worked for what he needed to do. The little bit about being the, why, why are you a coat hanger? Like, it was kind of funny with the boom mic, and it, it it was cute. But, like, if they had tried to shoehorn him into every episode, it would have been maddening. Um, we saw her, like, be truly romantically interested in somebody in the first season. And yes. it was okay, because it was intricate. Like it was involved in the actual plot of plot, the, yes. the show. Everything else is so ancillary that, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I get she is like a person with her own autonomy in this universe, and so she would have, you know, some kind of love interest. But like season two didn't really work. The you know the the what was she? Yeah. Uh, some kind of. Oh, Clara, Clara Devine. Um, yeah. I mean, she, she was, was like great. Artistic director. Yeah. But it, it was just like, so. Ugh. Um, yeah. It, it didn't, it didn't make sense. Like, so like, here's the thing is that I feel like Mabel's stronger without a love interest. There's no need to like, give, give this, <laughs> this person that they've, they've called bloody Mabel. A, a love interest right like she like for me i feel like what makes mabel interesting is not is not is not her love interest is not because she does like she does or doesn't have a boyfriend it's that she's the driving force she is the one that snaps her fingers and goes guys guys shut the fuck up for yeah. two seconds let me like let's go ahead and solve this and she always seems to be the person like, and this is the best part about the show is, and how Martin is a writer, fuck, man, he's so fucking good. Um, how he lets Mabel solve every single crime, even if it's not the, like, she's not exactly the person that points the finger. She is always the catalyst because she, because they know that Oliver and um, Charles are just, they're, they're good. But they're not as good as they are when they're with Mabel. And Mabel's the same right. way. We found out this season with Tober is that she's not as good as she is. Like, they, they even yeah. realize that. Like, when they do the whole thing of, like, we're back. 
and they do like the the, the fist bump thing. I, I love it. It's great. It's it's like you earn it because like you know Selena Gomez plays the whole oh god boomers really, but then she kind of gets excited because her friends are back and she misses them and stuff. And it's like it's the layers, right? It's like so it's it's, it's such a layered cake of a show and. To see them just kind of blatantly put these love interests, I don't know, maybe kids like it, but I don't. Like, I don't want to see, I want to see Mabel exist in this world without having to, like, have a love interest or a man or anything like that. It's just, it's kind of, it's the one little pandering thing that annoys me about the show, is that every season she, go ahead. I I didn't mind it this season, because, like I said, I felt, it felt like they, they, course corrected very early on being like yeah those plot lines don't really work for her so having a quote love interest who's basically just such a sideline character screaming for attention is like but i want to be part of this too like is really kind of funny um and and he does a pretty good job of, of that um yeah this season, I like overall was like truly, truly great. It helps that you add Meryl fucking Streep, and oh, like she's just so good. Like I, I mean, we all already know this, but sometimes you just forget how good she is, and then she does something, and it's like, oh yeah. That's why she's Meryl fucking Streep. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say this: Is there anything she can't fucking do? Because she can sing. I don't think so, man. She can dance. She can make Martin Short a credible, viable love interest. How the fuck did that happen? And I can give you one answer: Meryl fucking Streep, because she's the goat. Like I, yeah. I like I, I. I am now convinced the way that you, okay, so like after watching this and watching the whole, like, you know, how perfectly she, she like, and it's her, it's not Martin Short. I'm not gonna, uh, like, it is definitely her, right? She's the one that makes that relationship work. She's the one that gives us the bump to make it like this beautiful thing that like, wow, Martin Short is a love interest. That's great. But it's not him. It's her. I'm going to say this. If Harrison Ford ever wants to win a fucking Oscar, he has to do whatever he can in his power to get Meryl Streep as his fucking co-star because I am fairly convinced that the only way that that dude is going to rise up beyond is by having somebody as goat level as her. And she just makes people better. Like, And I kept on thinking about it because I recently rewatched um, Witness and you don't realize how good Harrison Ford was in the mid eighties until you watch something that you haven't watched in a long time with Harrison Ford from the mid eighties and the finger of doom isn't there. And it's just him being an actor before he got dissed by everybody. And they just wanted him, you know, like he said, just want me to play the clown. I'll play the Harris. I'll play the Indiana Jones. I'll play the, the Han Solo, but you're going to ping. Um, Man, he's fucking. He was fucking good. And I'm like, I'm just saying, like Meryl Streep 
if we ever, if you ever see her cast against Harrison Ford, I guarantee you that's going to be a fucking Oscar nomination at the least because she's that good. Um, yeah, that was my rant about Meryl Streep. Yeah, I mean th- this season was great. I I, I mm-hmm. love that we immediately got the season four the announcement. Season four. I I well, love that we're gonna get like some. I I'm assuming they'll do it like they did this season. We'll have some flashback stuff with yep. uh, that character who was mm-hmm. killed at the end of Wait, <laughs> this season. Jesus Christ! Talk about a shock! Like like that was a true shocker for me. Um, yeah. Be- because I was like, oh, so they announced the season four, but it makes sense because. Like, the last three seasons, I mean, these last three seasons, they've always had the kicker at the end. So it would be, I mean, it would be stupid of Hulu to take away their crown jewel. Because, I mean, I honestly feel like, of all the TV shows, Only Murderers is their best show, right? Like, Oh, yeah, even, for sure. Like, not even by comparison. Like, I don't know of any show, like, I was, like, thinking about it, like, do I watch any other Hulu show, like, as consistently? I'm like... Do they even get second seasons at Hulu? I mean, it was an honest question because, like, I've ne- I don't have anything that I look at and I go, "Yeah, that's a that's that's a show." Like, that's a show that I consistently watch, other than Only Murderers. So, um, but yeah, I'm very much forward looking to this because it keeps with the murderer in the building thing. In a but weird way, it's funny because it ends with all of them thinking they're going to Los Angeles, right? Yes, yes, they all do. Uh, uh, um, Meryl Streep's character gets uh, like Crazy a job, Bird yeah, <laughs> and oh. and uh, she invites Arthur out there, and of course Charles is like, you know, I, I want to go to LA because he's an actor. Um, yep. And Mabel gets invited out by Talbert. So they're like, oh, I guess we're all going to L.A. And it ends with, spoilers, the murder of Zaz. Uh, or Saz. Um, Jane Lynch's character. Who? Yeah. Is there ever been anybody who is so lovably hateable? I mean, like no. Jane Lynch. I mean, she's so good. At all of that, where it's just like, oh, it's Jane Lynch. I love Jane Lynch. And then five minutes later, you're just like, oh, Jesus, I wish somebody would shut her up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, but and then also a great role. Like, like, yeah, it would she's, it, she's like, so it, good. <laughs> I mean, her so as 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 Steve, basically Steve Martin stand in. And yeah. you, you wouldn't think it in there side by side. And you're like, oh. 100 <laughs> percent they that, are the same the, person it, and it's wild it is fucking wild to see them sit next to one another because you're like no no they're not standing stunt doubles yeah. shit but then you watch it and you see them together and you're like holy shit like she is tall and gawky the way that martin is called gawky and he's like and she's got the hair and i mean you know of course it's a lot yep. of probably um, it's a, probably a lot of the makeup and then the fact that she literally dresses just like, like, it, like she is one of the, yeah, every time you many, see him, she's wearing almost exactly the same outfit that he's wearing. Like they yep. coordinated, but they haven't. It's so funny. Um, she, she is one of the delights of, of the show 
of yeah. many delights. Like, like, um, but then you think th- about th- like what, what else she's done. Like, so, uh, they did the party down revival this year. She was in yes. that and that was kind of the same character, but also different. And then yeah. like, she was on Glee for like the entire run of that show, I think, and was yeah. nothing like any of this. Um, you know, and she's done all the Christopher Guest stuff, and it's just she's just so good. And we've only gotten like bits and pieces of her here. So the 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 idea of going into like their history together into the uh, Bravo stuff, maybe. Oh yes. And getting like not flashbacks to like what happened six months ago, but like flashbacks to years ago. And this show, one hundred percent committing to we're not going to de-age anybody. We're just yes. going to put Steve Martin in a fucking brown wig and have him act like he's younger. Yep. Like, which is it's the brilliant so part. good. <laughs> yes. Oh, like the eighties Bravo, Bravos. Like, like as soon as she was, as soon as like she was murdered in the way that she was, and I was like, okay, so this is some kind of weird sycophantic Bravos fan. But the fact that we're going to get eighties version, of, like we're going to get the eighties yeah. like Bravos TV series like production with, like you said, Martin in a wig. Oh man, that's some that's some like next level like goody goodness, right? Because yeah. if we think about it, okay, so like the first like this season was very Oliver centric, right? Because like he hadn't had anything yet. Like we hadn't had like the whole yeah. like let's give like Charles has been so much a part of like whatever the murders were. I mean, it doesn't help like you know, well, he's, the, you know he's the first attracted season to was a lot of her because it, it yes like it, it dealt with her as a kid living in the building and yes. everything that happened there. And then the second season, well, did wind up being Charles centric in a way we didn't expect. Um, no. And so, yeah, you're right. It made sense that this was more Oliver centric. And so, yeah, this will be Charles centric, but I, I, I don't know. I'm very, very intrigued by. So, is this going to be a thing where they were going to LA and now they're stuck here because she was murdered in the building? Or is this going to be a thing, like you said, where uh, it involves past Bravo stuff? So, it's even more of a reason for them to go out to LA. True. No, that's true. That's that's very true. I never thought about that. Um, I feel like they like for the fourth season that makes sense to go out to LA because you need a change of scenery, right? Yeah. Like you kind of you kind of do. Um, you did it a little bit for this season, but you know, yeah, it's. Uh, I I also feel like after the fourth or fifth murder in this building that yes. uh, they're very much officially ca- all kicked out of the building. <laughs> like I think y'all so got too. to go. People keep dying in this building. So yeah. um, I'm fairly certain that, that Oliver is going to lose his beautiful apartment, which he should have lost a long time ago. Um, you know, 
So, so yeah, you're right. Like, I feel like there's going to be... Which is a shame, because that means we lose a lot of these little characters that we do love. Okay, so I don't know if, like, some of the core characters are actually going to go away. Like, I feel like there's going to be reasons why people are going to show up. And it's not to say that that people aren't going to... um, what am I thinking about? Um, they're not going to go back to New York, right? It just means that they're they're like they're gone for specific time frame. I could see how yeah. it could alternate between those things, though. Again, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm gonna. I'm very excited about it. I know it's not going to be until next year at the minimum. Um, yeah, but it's still something to look forward to um, in regards I, to. I I feel like. Um. Yeah, next year for sure. Um, but Martin is so prolific. I I feel like they probably had season four already in the bag. Not filmed, but just yeah, no, script no, 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 wise. No. Yeah, yeah. It, like he he already, if not scripted, like the the outline was already there. Like they're they're so good at, mm-hmm. at all of that. Um. That I, I feel like it won't be a, a lot of shows are going to be delayed because of the writers and actors struggle, mm-hmm. um, and you know scripts are just now being written for things that you know should have already started. Uh, not even production. Ago. Yeah, yeah. Like we should be seeing episodes of these shows, and they're yep. just now getting around to scripting. Because of the strike, and I, I, I feel like I'm like Martin. He already had, like, at least outlines for everything that they wanted to do because he's that's just who he is. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, well, I, that that makes sense. That that 100 makes sense. So we could actually get something sooner rather than later, which yeah, is. I think we'll see exciting. it next summer. I think we'll yeah. for sure see it next summer. So. Uh, maybe a little bit like this year, a little bit later in the summer. But mm-hmm. uh, um, so speaking of uh, things that are well thought out, meticulously scripted and, you know, not uh, stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did not like the Ahsoka finale. I can see that. Like, <laughs> I can see I can see how you would not like it. Um, I would like to hear in regards to everything specifically what the pro- like what the biggest problem you have with with it is because I'm very curious. Well, the show needed three more episodes, first of all. <laughs> okay. um, th- so much is just skipped over in these last two episodes that because of the time constraints and I understand why I like, I'm not even pointing a finger at Dave. Like, yeah, you know, it, it sucks because I spent like three years defending the fact that Kathleen Kennedy had been named as the head of Lucasfilm. Mm -hmm. And the last, I I think I've spent the last three years going like, she's got to go, man. She's got to go like, Mm -hmm. or or at least got to, she's got to stop calling the shots. (laughs) Like the, the show needed 
more time. And I understand it's very expensive. And they Disney itself feels like it's it's losing money on Star Wars. Um what what's funny is George knew one thing about Star Wars that apparently nobody else has seemed to have really gotten. The movies, the stories, all that stuff is great. Mm-hmm. Star Wars money is not in the movies or the shows no. or whatever. Star Wars money is in the the goods. The to- it's in the toys. It's in the toys. It's in the yeah. licensing. That's where the money for Star Wars is. He always fucking knew that, which is yep. why he made so much money. Um, and so if you give the show time to breathe, then things like spoilers for Ahsoka, things like Sabine force pushing Ezra, you have time to get there. And instead yes. we go from, Literally last week or week before last, Hu Yang telling her, uh, you would never, ever be part of the Jedi Order. You you wouldn't be allowed on the grounds because you don't meet the absolute barest minimum requirements to to enter because you, you your metachlorian count's not there. Like, you don't have these abilities to a few episodes later and what amounts to basically a couple of days in the time of the show, she is force-pushing a dude across a, a large gap. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I, you know... I was not on the like uh, uh, Ray uh, learn shit too quick bandwagon because mm-hmm. just more of the like yeah kind of Luke kind of sort of did too um, yeah but uh, yeah that that that's a, that's a huge leap like I mean pardon the pun it's a huge leap man to go from <laughs> I you know. I had a brief conversation with Spencer and he was like, it's the planet. It's where they're at. And I was like, there is literally nothing in the show to get me to that logic. I'm not saying that's not what it was, but there is nothing. He was like, what about the, the, the face at the end that, that Balin sees? Like that's one of them that goes back to the Mortis stuff. And I was like, Yes, but like I still like I'm all for not hand holding and like spoon feeding shit to an audience, but mm-hmm. I gotta have more than Balin sees a a face of one of the Mortis people. Like I yeah, I, I need more than yeah. that. Yeah, it's the father. Um, I need more than that, man. Like I need more than that. Because literally we were told this character does not have force abilities, would not be allowed in the, the the Jedi temple, wouldn't be accepted. And here she is, like, you know, a day later with huge, like, leaps in ability to use the force. And I'm like, 
I, I don't like that at all. all. On top of all of the other things that seem really inconsistent, I, mm-hmm. I, it makes me wonder, did Dave write 10 episodes? And they were like, well, you got six, you know? Eight. Eight. We have eight. Eight. Sorry, um, eight. I'm, fa- I'm fairly certain. Okay, so I'm fairly certain you're on to it. Like, I feel like this series was probably more expensive than they had realized. And he was just forced into that situation of, oh, I have to, oh, you're making me, um, you're, you're going to, I'm going to have to cut. So let's go ahead and do this. I'll cut what I can. And, um, and I'll try to compromise because I'm more of the Spencer, like, okay, so I'm more of the Spencer. It's because it's Mortis. Like we're on Mortis. Like, you know, like there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We just weren't in the right place where Mortis, where the Mortis twins and their father were. Um, yeah. I'm of that theory, and that's probably why that's that's more than likely why she Sabine has unlocked something so quickly. Though I wish, I really wish that it it had been a little bit more explanatory because when you're talking about this kind of stuff, it gets very difficult because I've I've promoted to people, oh, this is a, this is this is a series that you can watch regardless of your knowledge of rebels or clone wars, but this ending very much so means that you have to know, you have to be in, you have to be invested into both of those in a big way in order for it to work. And yep. that's a problem. That's that's a that's a problem, especially for fandom that just got on the Ahsoka bandwagon. And yep. like for them to see this kind of stuff, if they're the logic-based people, um, it's gonna be a problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. though. I'm a I'm a greedy Star Wars fan, and I don't give a fuck about anybody else. So, like for me, it was like I was making the leaps, and I know that sounds terrible, but at the end of the day, like this is like, like I know that this like if we get a season two, which is going to be super fucking complicated. Like, I mean, like we haven't we even better talked. get a season two. <laughs> well, okay, so like here's the problem: is like you like. And now I completely understand what Stevenson said at Star Wars Celebration. And I also understand why Filoni hasn't said anything. Because literally he set up Balian to be like one of the prime centerpieces of season two. How the fuck do you do that? Do you CGI Ray Stevenson? Do you just recast? You gotta recast. Uh, And it sucks, but... What else can you do? Yeah, no, that's true. But then it becomes like, okay, so like, here's the question. Because like, I questioned it, right? Like, I was like, how the fuck do you do this? Do you CGI him? No, you cannot CGI him. That's just an insult. But then who do you recast? Like, literally, who do you recast for Ray Stevenson? There is nobody that's like Ray Stevenson. There's no, like. Spencer says Clive Owen. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah, that's what not. I said. You know, who I was like, actually, I, don't, I don't think um, so. <laughs> you know who the only person that's close to him? Um, 
oh shit, what's his name? Um, Jesus, and I love him because he's in um, one of my, um, oh God. Um, um, you know who? Even though I think he's a little bit too old, but he has the same energy, Ray Stevenson. That's who we're or Ray talking Winstone. about. Ray Winstone. Oh, no, no, Ray Winstone. Sorry. <laughs> wrong, 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 I was like, Ray. I was so confused. I was like, he's uh, dead. What are we talking uh, about? No, Ray, Ray, okay, so. Yes. It's Ray Winstone because, or you go bold and you take on the problems of, of one Russell Crowe. Those are the people that I see. Like, honestly, like, like, those would two. would accept both of those, for sure. But Clive Owen is too small, too effete. That's like, what I said. I was like, he would have to bulk up. He was like, why? And he went, Spencer went off on this. I think I upset him. And uh, <laughs> he was like, uh, he's like, I mean, would were you complaining that uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan didn't look anything like uh, um uh, what Chris Evans as oh, okay. the Human Torch from the recast? I was like, that was a total reboot, man. You're not talking yeah. about rebooting. You're talking about recasting. I'm like, it, it needs to be close. Like, yeah, I, I'm not. Close. I'm not against recasting. Like, you know, I, I'm. I'm not pre- like. Should they be CGI and Luke's face onto a no, no, fuck it, just recast it, man. Like I'm so like, I, I, and we're we're running headlong into this issue of we need young versions of these characters, and yes, they they think not having Harrison Ford play Solo was the problem with Solo, and that's not the problem with Solo. No. Um, Disney and <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy are the problem with Solo. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm all for the recasting. I was like, but it's got to be close, man. Like, it's it it's got to be a little close. Sure. I, I like Ray <laughs> Winstone. I, I like Ray Winstone. So. Yeah, I like it, too. And I like and I like Russell Crowe um, when he's engaged. Like, Though you're taking on a lot of fucking baggage with 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 Russell Crowe, but then also I was thinking about it. You know who the other one is that could do it because he's just got enough of a dark. You need somebody with a darker side, but not the darker side that you can act, but you just fucking have it. Like Ray Winstone, the thing that I love about him is that you know he's been through some shit in his life because he was a fucking taller, bigger dude. You know he got into some shit just because of that. And you can see it behind his eyes. Um, another guy I feel like could do it too. And it would be fucking wild. And nobody I think wants it. But I would want it. And I'd be here for it. Jerry Butler. Oh fucking yeah. Get him, yeah. get him out of the bad 80s. One name. One word name movies. Like plain and die. And sorry. Or whatever the fuck he's doing. And let him gray himself up. Give him a beard. And fucking let him play the shit out of it and change the accent let him go with his irish is it irish or is, is he he scottish i, I think he's scottish yeah, i don't know something like that yeah but just let him like either one of those three dudes have the thing that i feel like makes them like like i'm not saying that clive owen is a bad choice to play a jedi say in the high republic 
or a Sith, uh, 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 like a dark, uh, a gray Jedi in the in in like the High Order, like you know, like in the Acolyte, he'd be perfect. Like I feel like there's a refinement to him. Like they they truly missed the boat with him with Bond, right? Like yeah. they really should have casted him. Like I feel like. Like I like this is a weird side, side note. Pierce Brosnan, who I fucking love from head to toe, I've loved him since Remington Steel. He played the part too too many times. If you had just taken those minus two times out and you plug Clive Owen in, you have another great worthy Bond. But it's not going to happen. And he also is not Balian. Like I don't see him as Balian. Like I just don't see it. Um, it, like. Again, like I, 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 I've had my three people. I would much rather have them ca- recast because I feel like, or shit. I mean, if you're gonna go the opposite way, then go with somebody who's already been in Star Wars, who we already know and love, and was like would be a nice little kind of beautiful handshake between the two because they worked so well together. But they're different energies. Kevin the kid, he's the age yeah. appropriate. Yeah. He's. And he's another dude who, like, you watch him in Rome and you go, that dude's been through some shit. I don't know what he's been through. And, like, you know, but he's been through some shit. So I could see him, you know, even though he's already played a Star Wars character and he can't play the character that he, I mean, I guess he could. He survived, right? So he could literally play his um, his character from Rebels. Yeah. He could. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. But, I mean, again. It's one of those things where you need to recast and you can't do CGI because it just won't fucking work. I just don't think it will work. Um, but I think that you're absolutely right that it's a, an eight epi- it's a ten episode show that became an eight episode show. Which, like, let's be honest, it's like <laughs> I like Andor. I like Andor a lot, but they gave that motherfucker twenty four episodes. Twenty four yeah. episodes. Yeah, and they can't. And they can't give Dave fucking 10 for one season? Because you're right. We spent three episodes of Andor just to get to him leaving the fucking planet. Mm Mm-hmm. And... It was... Yep. And meanwhile, we get to this new planet, and it's just like, okay, so what... What the fuck? We don't get any kind of exploration of... What has happened for the last 10 years with Ezra and Thrawn? Other than Ezra just being like, took you long enough, and Thrawn just being like, oh yeah, I did all of this. Also, totally called the zombie troopers. (laughs) Yes, no, totally. Like, you, like, yeah. But, (laughs) um. That part was pretty cool. (laughs) I was like. they they think they're dead. They're not fucking dead because those things are not alive. <laughs> yes, um, which I did love. And the only okay, so the only thing that I did not really like about the show is the dispatching of Morgan Elsbeth. Like, why do you do all uh, of that to have have her die? Yeah, it, I agree. Like. But, that character seemed interesting enough to live unless it was just, she was just like, yeah, I don't really want to do this. Can you kill me off? Um, Cause Which, yeah, it, it, it seems so wasteful. Um, it really does. 
um, in not a good way either. Yeah. Like, like I, like it's, I don't know, dude, like it just feels so like, it's not date. Like, okay. So that's the thing that I feel like of anything, like the way that it ended didn't feel like a Dave ending in the most satisfying way that Dave ends things. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like season. This felt it, this felt like all the other shit that Disney and whatever the story group or that they've interfered with. Like, yes. it just felt like all of that other shit. And it, you know, whether it's the Star Wars shows or the Marvel shows. If they don't do something about sticking these landings for these TV shows, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. It's it's definitely an ending by committee. Like, that, to me, is the worst atrocious, like, trespass you can do to these to uh, to these to this particular tv series or tv series in general is that and this makes me very very upset because they didn't do this with andor which is is that because fucking tony academy award-winning screenwriter gilroy who fucking supposedly saved rogue one um is at the helm kathy kennedy doesn't want to fucking touch it and like let the story group pick it apart but dave who's Produce like with John has produced the very best and the like success the most successful like Star Wars in recent memory. I mean, like, like let's be honest, like JJ, like upon retrospection, the JJ verse version of like the bad robot Kelvin version of Star Wars did not work in any way, shape, or form. Right. And the more time that's been going on, the more the like the more that we're all fooling ourselves that Ryan Johnson made a good Star Wars because he was hindered and he made a couple of really bad decisions within his Star Wars that. There were good decisions for that movie. They were bad decisions for Star Wars. Exactly. It's so like there's this whole complicated thing of like at the end of the day i hate saying this because like you i was a big kathy kennedy defender it's it's kathy and carrie beck they have to go they're the they're the brain truck like she is the one that ultimately has decision making power and carrie beck is the lead of the story group so whenever i see this stuff this feels like dictums from them and you know what i'm sorry but uh yeah like it doesn't work and so if you're responsible you need to go and we need to just have dave stop making star wars and start controlling star wars like that's my theory is that that as much as it pains me to say that i don't want dave doing star wars anymore i do but i want him to be george now i want him to find the next Dave, right and then him just be the quality control that george was during clone wars because maybe we're wrong maybe uh, this could all be dave but like yeah it feels really weird to just be like well i guess dave filoni lost the plot of star wars but i mean george kind of did at one point but he never lost the story you know like he kind of lost the the uh heart i guess like it all felt very mechanical Mm -hmm. um but 
this doesn't feel that. This still has the heart. It's just like the nuts and bolts. Like it, the pieces don't really fit together. Um, you know, we really I, don't. And, and it does feel like like something's missing here, and and something isn't explained. And maybe that comes later. But like, I don't want to. I didn't want it later. Um, no. Also, why the fuck would Ezra come off of that ship wearing a stormtrooper helmet? Because he's a uh, drama queen. I mean. Like, dude, if you just don't have the helmet on when you walk off the ship, nobody's pointing guns at you. Like, yeah. Or maybe they are, but certainly Hera's like, holy shit, is that Ezra? You know? Like, yeah. it, I was just like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But, I mean, you know, that's just being nitpicky. Um, also, come on, Hera. You ain't seen this dude in 10 years. You don't hug the man. You don't cry. You don't, nope. like... <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> but I mean Sabine had the same reaction she's just like oh hey Ezra and I'm like dude <laughs> like what the fuck yeah no you're, you're is you're anybody right. truly happy to see this kid um, uh, I mean with all the trouble he caused uh, maybe not I mean maybe <laughs> not yeah you're right uh, it's uh, like, oh shit Ezra's back that means one thing Thrawn <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, like. Oh, oh. You know what? Hera was right. She said Thrawn, yeah. and Thrawn's happening. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a very like it's a very interesting way that they they put things together at the end. And I would hate to say like you know like like you like I don't want to say that Dave fumbled the ball, but at the same time, it has to be something that's considered. Like you know, he maybe fumbled it. But I don't think so. Like, everything that he's ever done, even it's at its most complicated. Like, the first season of... Okay, like, let's talk about, like, the first season of Clone Wars, which is arguably what most people consider the worst season of Clone Wars. It still manages to connect it at the end yep. in a way that kind of kicks. Like, Cad Bane... Introducing Cad Bane is the exact kind of shot of adrenaline that it should have. Um, so I can't just sit there and go, oh yeah, you know what? It was, it, it was, it was him. It was Dave. Like, like there's I mean, evidence. He couldn't what? foresee, uh, Ray Stevenson passing away. You like, no. you just, you can't predict that and you can't write for that. Just like we couldn't predict that Carrie Fisher was going to pass away. No. Like you can't write for that. Did, did they have a perfect out for Carrie Fisher's for? Leia, yeah, and they probably should have taken it. By hindsight's twenty twenty, um, there's not much you can do about that, uh, you know. And mm -hmm. it is what it is. But no. that that you, you you still have to do something with all the other stuff there, you know. And, mm -hmm. and I don't I don't know, man. I I feel like the ball was kind of dropped with the like what happened on this planet while they were there what like giving us some inkling as to what this planet is other than the the picture of the mortis father there at the end mm -hmm. um you know some something something 
more was needed and I would be okay. Like straight up two, three more episodes getting more in the woods with all this stuff. And I'm fine. Like then this finale is, is completely fine. Sabine though has become a very problematic character for me. Like I'm like, whose side is she on? Because like, I understand kind of why she's doing the things she's doing, but then also it's just like, is this just like, oh, she's a kid and she's just being impulsive thing? Because, like, she damn near almost, like, I mean, she just, like, flies that ship into a, a bunch of fighters. And I, I don't yeah. think a lot of it was, I was just like, what the, <laughs> what is she doing? Like, she seems kind of toxic, like she left. Ahsoka for dead, which I kind of understand why she did that, but like then she doesn't tell Ezra. She there's no sense of urgency to get off this planet, and I, I don't know. I'm just like, what is going on with Sabine, man? Um, and you know, maybe that comes uh, like a lot of things with time, but I would have rather had the time now than like, oh, we'll try to fill in the gaps later. I'm the like, second season, yeah. Filling in the gaps later has become what Star Wars does, and I'm kind of sick of it, man. Like, tell me the I'm okay with the jumping around in time and prequels and sequels, and but like, don't don't just just tell me the story now. Don't tell me the story later. <laughs> I you know I, I I get you. No no no, I totally get you. Um, I feel like like with Sabine. I don't feel like it, like it's toxic and a troubling thing, but also there's been, okay. So like, like for me, the explanation is very rational. There's been 10 years since this whole clone war, like since, since the battle of Lothal and all she's had is just herself and a failed Jedi thing where like, where, um, God damn it. What's her name? Um, where Ahsoka was like the worst Jedi Master of all Jedi Masters with her with, with her Padawan, the one that she chose to take on. And so I feel like there's a lot of issues with Sabine, even though it's not been implicitly said. I think that Huang has kind of implied like, oh, no, no, she's not the problem. You are because you did something that you should not have done. Um, and yep. then also, again, like her, like Valian makes a very salient point, which is, is that your, or, uh, your master is who he is. I know who he was and your training, like, you know, your training reflects that, but furthermore, your, your, your Padawan's, um, training fully, like fully embraces that. So don't come at me because I, I gave, I treated your, your Padawan with the kind of respect that you didn't as an, like as, as her teacher and as an enemy, I treated her with respect. Like, yeah, I feel like if they do get into to this, it's going to be about that. It's going to be about Ahsoka. Like in season two, I feel like, and I hope my, my hope is, is that they deal with this head on because it's Ahsoka's fault. It does. There's no way around it. Like, yeah, you know, Anakin is partially to blame because she's 
who she is, but she's seen it now. And she probably saw it before, but it's her, it's like, like I love Rosario Dawson for one thing is that she did exactly what I wanted a grown up Ahsoka to be, which is arrogant. Like that's most Jedi's. Like even though she quit the order, I feel like there's this pomp, like the like the thing that makes Jedi's work in the way that they work is because of like Obi Wan, like like there's an ego, there's a pompousness to it. Like there's a way to do this, right? Like there's a only one way to do this, and she kind of embeds herself in like that with with Sabine and it just creates this I feel like it's created this situation that is going to have to come to a head like it's going to have to be a thing between them two because she didn't solve anything like the only reason why like like she's not like she's just kind of like like at the end of the day you know that Sabine is still pissed at at Sabine or I'm sorry Ahsoka is pissed at Sabine for making the decision about Ezra right like and that's the foundational thing that's going to be, I feel, what season two of Ahsoka is about, is how are they going to deal with that? Like, yep. because they haven't dealt with it. We know that they haven't dealt with it. They even said it. They're like, okay, well, we don't need to deal with this right now. And it's like, okay, I get that. But you're going to have to deal with it because everything that Sabine does is based off of the fact that you fucking left her. You you basically left her in the in the lurch. So of course she's gonna have resentment, even though she doesn't what's the word? Even though she doesn't show it to you, every action she does is almost like, what would my master do? Let's do the opposite of that. Because yeah. or like, you know, because she ultimately left me and I was here to defend myself. And I can only imagine Ezra in his situation right now because, you know. I wouldn't want to be left behind. So she's done everything that she felt was, I feel like, the antithesis of Ahsoka. And the weird thing about Ahsoka the show is I never expected it to be a show where it shows me how bad of not just a Jedi, but just a Force user Ahsoka is. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that's that's wild. And that's a hard that was a hard pill for me to swallow. Because it's like it's telling you, oh, yeah, you know what? You know, the most beloved character in all of Star Wars in recent memory, they're kind of a shit, but it's not their fault, but it kind of is. And now they have the idea of, oh, yeah, you're you were trained. You were trained badly and you are bad. Now, what do they do with it? Right. Like that's almost like the question of Ahsoka as a whole, uh, at least to me. I don't know. Am I wrong in, in seeing something like that? No, I, I mean, I don't think so. Um, okay. I'll, I, I do think all of that's there and it's all very interesting to explore and the show just doesn't explore it. And mm. that's to its own detriment. You know, I mean, yeah. it introduces a lot and there's a lot of interesting questions it raises and then it never is going to have the time, which in this equation is really just money to explore any of these questions, which is why animation is a much better option 
for stuff Medium. like this. Yeah. Because it's, it is expensive, but it's far less expensive than doing all this stuff in live action. And so, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 <laughs> part of me really, really wants to be like, Marvel might be back just because of Loki. And as much as I thought that with Star Wars halfway through Ahsoka, now I'm like, oh, fuck, we're still in this same situation. <laughs> I mean, we could be, but also, you know, I never doubt Dave, even when he's neither corner. Even when he's yeah, I mean, even when he's back into a corner, that's it. It kind of feels like that's what's happened, and he's going to figure it out. Like that's the thing is that I'm hopeful for is that as much as like you said, there's slight missteps in regards to things. I feel like there's nothing that can't be resolved in the second season. It's just that we don't have the second season yet, right? And that's become like. Like, that's the problem is, is that now Dave is at the part where I feel like, okay, so we, we've talked about how Dave always has to play cleanup for mistakes made for other people. He's now having to, he'll now have to play pickup or cleanup for himself because of like things that are just left dangling plot wise for us in this, in this show. But if there's anybody that's going to play cleanup with Star Wars, it's Dave, right? So at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, I, I like I'm but I'm ultimately not too worried. I'm more worried about how they're going to get season two, like the, the bigger issue of Balian, right? Um, as soon as they figure out what they're doing with Balian, then I'll be I'll either be super upset if they do CGR. Or I'll be happy. They recast. And they recast purposely. So we'll see. I mean, like, and you're right. Like, I feel like you you kind of put the nail on the coffin again. It's like, like, at least in in TV terms, like, at least TV terms, Marvel is back. Or not even just TV terms, just in general. I feel like with Loki, Marvel is back. But, you know, you're right. Like, Star Wars is kind of in a weird position because... Guy who fixes Star Wars, like, has some issues with his 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 flagship show. Because anything, yeah. I mean, this is this is Dave's baby, right? But if it comes out later, and we won't be shocked if this comes out later, that Kathy hobbled him for whatever reason, or like you know the the, the story group hobbled him. Well, fuck, dude. I don't know what to say about that. You know. Like there's only so much a guy yeah. can do, so much so much muscular storytelling you can put through before it becomes an issue. So we shall, we shall see. Um, I'm I, I just feel bad that like you know like this has been consistently the the Ahsoka the the Rosario Dawson era of Ahsoka has been so troubling for you. You know because yeah. you're like you're the biggest Ahsoka fan I know. Like, like you were like you were like yeah. I was so against bringing her into live action. Like as exciting as that sounded, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I can pull this character off in live action because it's not gonna have the same energy, and and it doesn't. But like, 
they I felt like they were getting there and then it just kind of stalled out in the last two episodes and I don't know you know I mean we'll see what the the future holds I'm not I'm not complete doom and gloom I'm just like well y'all were going somewhere and then you just kind of lost the plot um but (laughs) you know we'll we'll see what happens in the future um I I trust that Dave has a plan. So it's just a yeah, matter of executing that plan. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Star Wars definitely still in flux. Marvel, yeah, feels like it's back with Loki. Uh, we'll see what happens with the rest of season two and also with uh, the Marvels when it hits in November uh, yeah. next month. So, um which I'm still cautiously optimistic and excited for. So um, we can end like very briefly. Uh, Mm -hmm. We made it this whole episode without any sports talk. Uh, (laughs) It turns out the thing that might kill my interest in football is fucking Taylor Swift. (laughs) Yes. Oh man. Um, Dude, they're going hard on that, aren't they? I'm so tired of hearing about it. Like, it's only been two weeks, and already I'm just, like, so tired of hearing about Taylor Swift. Um, So, (laughs) I I mean, nothing personally against her. I'm just like, oh, my God. Now, you know, I I don't know. She's she's not saving football. Football didn't need saving. (laughs) Like, I, I don't, you know... Ugh. Yeah, it's well, I mean, it's like, 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 here's the thing is that, like, I feel like so my so like my thoughts on it is like, like, it's been the longest two weeks in sports history, because you would literally think that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have gotten engaged, married, had a kid, yeah. divorced, and then rekindled their romance and got remarried all in the span yeah. of two weeks. Like, that's it, how it, feverishly it's become. Or it's insane. It's that- insane. And it's like it that's that's what makes me just like it's what kills my interest. It's like the the phoniness of people who are now like interested in this thing. And I'm like, okay, whatever, man. You know, it, it was it, that it, it happens with anything, you know, with with the nerdy shit we do love, you know, when somebody who you know would have mocked you in high school, like, is now suddenly interested in the thing that you've been interested in your whole life. Like, yes. hey, man, I really like that X-Men movie. Wasn't that great? Like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, it's, it, you know. It's, there's a there's a difference between like, and that's the thing. There's a difference between like not having an interest and the mockery. And that's what it feels like is the big thing is that it's not that you had, like you didn't have any interest. It's that you didn't like, you really like these people did not have like there. It's the mockery, right? Like it's yeah. the whole thing. It's like, um, and I don't know, man, it's just, it's weird because it's like, it's like. And you're only interested in it because like of the whole, 
the celebrity of it all. Like, yes. I, yeah, it's, it just it creates a, a like a complicated. I just I just don't want to hear the fucking pundits talk about Taylor Swift all the time. Like, I just don't want to hear it, man. I want to hear you break down the game, talk about things that are football focused, you know, and not talk about the celebrity of it all. And like everything I've tuned into, it, it's come up like in the first five minutes. Like, yeah, like the, I'm just I'm, like, I'm done with it. Like, I'm, I'm glad I'm not a fucking Chiefs fan because Christ, Ooh, I yeah. could not watch a Chiefs broadcast at this point because all it is is, oh, look, there's another shot of Taylor Swift. Like, oh, my God, I don't care. I I'm, I came here to watch football. <laughs> like. Yep. Uh, and then there keeps on, like, like, there keeps on being, like, the, like, it's like, they know what they're doing. And they keep on cutting back to her every single time. But now there's advertising about her. Yeah. And, like, the NFL has, like, leaned so fucking hard into this. But here's the thing. Like, the NFL doesn't realize or recognizes that. Swifties don't give a fuck about football, and you trying to get. Oh yeah, the minute in it, the minute her and Travis Kelsey aren't together, like that's done. I mean, you might yeah. have a few that that found something that they liked about the game, but like that's that's just that's going to be done. Like as soon as they're done, and maybe it lasts a year. Hell, maybe it lasts two years. I don't know, but. Yeah, it, it's not gonna. Uh, it, it's not gonna do what they hope it's gonna do in the long run. So it, no, it's not. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm, of course, I say killed my interest, but I'm still probably. I'll always watch the Falcons, or at least the Falcons, until they show their true colors and you know start. <laughs> falling apart and then i'm like okay well i'm i'm done watching this game which is what happened last week with jacksonville i was like oh, i was God. in it for three quarters and then i was just like oh yeah they're not going to pull this out so i am 100 like 100 done um even watching the cutified toy story whatever weird simulcast bullshit disney plus tried to do version mm-hmm. of it uh was not uh it felt like such a like this is what we could use ai for and i was like or we could just watch football like i I don't know like why do i want to watch this like counter programming is like the puppy bowl which is really just you know let's throw some dogs in there and then have them just look all cute and do weird stupid things and like that's counter programming it's not like literally aiing up like the in creating real time CG, not great looking versions of football. I, I it was very strange. So yeah, I watched a couple of minutes of it and then I was like, nope, not for me. Um, yep. And then just turned it off. I was like, this looks like Wii Sports, um, yep. and I'm not for it. So I'm just gonna turn it off. And then my team lost. And yeah, well. Yeah, you know. I mean we're 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 in that same heartache. Of yeah, we lost to the Lions. <laughs> like what? I, I'm still I'm still waiting for fake gold. 
like there somebody's gonna somebody's either gonna prove me really wrong or really right. Um, yeah. I don't think it's gonna be really wrong. I think it's gonna or I don't think it's gonna be really right. I feel like these guys are trying to play and they're hungry. So we we shall see this week because I think that they're uh, they actually have a contingent that they're playing against, right? Yeah. Um, um, I cannot remember for the life of me. Oh no, they're they're playing. No, they they get another. They're going to go four and one because they're playing the Carolina Panthers. Oh yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, Panthers are dregs. So yeah, um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I felt a little bit better after Atlanta Green beat Green Bay, then Atlanta lost yeah. to Detroit, then Detroit, uh, then the. Detroit beat Green Bay, so I was like, mm-hmm. feel a little bit letter, better about the Lions beating the Falcons, but then the Falcons lost to the Jaguars, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Desmond Ritter might not be the guy, um, but also, <laughs> Jordan Love might be suiting up in uh, Jets uniform soon, <laughs> sooner no, than sh- anybody thought he would. Um, nah, I, I, I think... He'll get it together. I don't know if Ritter yeah. can, but I, I think Jordan Love will get it together. So, anyway, um, all right. Well, we've gone super long. Uh, we haven't done that in a while. Um, no, we haven't. Go check out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com. Uh, Pod Lasso, the main X Wing Files feeds in full effect, um, or at least in, for another week since uh, Soka's wrapping up. I don't think we have any more Star Wars coming for. A little bit, maybe December or something. We'll get something. Um, Marvel, the Marvel Fanfare podcast is back with Loki, um, and uh, of course, uh, Adam has all of his fine, fine work with his. Uh, I, I don't know how you watch as much as you watch, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch. Like, obviously, I don't go to the movies anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it definitely, um, we've got some, like, you know, we've got a, a lot of reviews of both my Fantastic Fest, which has only been a week out um, uh, from being finished, is out there with about 14 different reviews. Um, I've got a bunch of home video stuff. Um, and um, like this week, including, like, I just, I like, you know, I was just talking about Harrison Ford and Witness. I just wrote up a whole review of that show, uh, of that of that 4k disc and like actually focus primarily on Ford's performance and um, on that one, just because it's man, it is amazing to see how good he, he, he was at a certain point. I mean, he's good. He's just not as great as he used to be back in that era when he was actually pushing himself. So, so there's that. And then also Logan has like, you know, has his, like speaking of Harrison Ford, um, he has his return of the Jedi, um, uh, article, uh, for moving pictures, which is, it's a truly great, um, it, it is a truly great, uh, article again, um, uh, aptly, aptly titled yub nub. And you'll understand why once, <laughs> you know, once you start reading the, the article, um, which is up right now, uh, and it's like really great. Um, like you've 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 hit a stride, man. Like you really have with the with the work. Like everything is like like you know. It's like like I said, like but like, like it, it's it can only be described as like the Office season three. Like where it's just like they just start cooking with gas, and you just kind of got going. And like even the the delay, it doesn't it like before the before the break. 
and after the break, there's no drop in quality. If anything, it's increased. And so I'm really enjoying reading all this stuff and I can't wait for uh, everybody else to uh, read the other couple of articles that we have um, uh, waiting in the wings. Um, so check that out. Uh, like I said, uh, movieisle.com uh, where you can read that, my work. And I just got an email from, I just got an email from, um, um, good Lord, I, my brain is farting big time. Marie, and Marie has reviews for me, so she's gonna like she's she's covering a film festival Wait. in London, so I've got stuff there for her. Like we're gonna get stuff from her, which is always a delight for me. Um, uh, being able to post that stuff and just seeing it go uh, go as weirdly worldwide as it does. Like you'd be surprised at how many people from different parts of like the world actually read her stuff because she's got more of a international flavor to her. To her writings which is always great but yeah so look for her or her to be coming back um so i'm super excited about that and of course we'll be back next week who the hell knows what we're going to be talking about um not ahsoka <laughs> yeah you know, no no more ahsoka maybe maybe logan will get in a couple of episodes of uh the flanagan the new flanagan joint and maybe we can have a conversation about that because that's yeah, dropping I'm, on the 13th I, I might try to watch uh some of that uh this is my short week so i'll have oh, okay. a, a little actually you know what uh next thursday or this coming thursday i'm doing something i've never done before and it might be a fun discussion okay some people at work have put together a dungeons and dragons group oh and yeah. i am going to compete or play or whatever it is in my very first dungeons and dragons campaign so that that is like 14 layers of awesome and i'm going to hold all my questions for next week because i <laughs> definitely i have questions now that you've stated that and like i said it should be it should be next week uh, because as, as nerdy as i am i've never really i've sat in and like listened to you know watched and mm -hmm. you know uh half-heartedly participated in some stuff but i've never like full-on done a dungeons and dragons campaign this will be my first so we'll we'll uh we'll discuss that so um but yeah we will uh see you guys next week Talk to you soon. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But they're really all sold out. See it all together if you're with me now. Nerds ruin everything. Nerds